right behind you. Hi, I'm Avital Ash. I'm Jessica Richards. And this is... He's right behind you. Ah! Today, this is our one-year anniversary of He's Right Behind You. And so for our second year, we're doing Scream 2, our second time having Daniel Furigal on this podcast. Oh, my God. I love the fact that you pronounced that perfectly. Did I? Yes. You did. That was fantastic. You're one, of the, you're one of the rare few that has pronounced it correctly. One of the rare Furigal? Really cool? <laughs> oh no! Oh my God! <laughs> oh no! We are, we are starting this second year off with an absolute bang. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> I do want to call out that usually a year would mean this is our fifty second episode, but you know quarantine and shit. So this is actually our forty fifth episode. We'll probably make a big deal about our fifty second also. Yeah, because that's yeah. a year of episodes. <laughs> but this is officially a year. So thank you for coming back. Thank you to everyone who's listened and left us nice reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, my pleasure to uh, to come back. Like some of my favorite podcasts to do are the ones where you just you just shoot the shit. You just talk about your favorite things. So I love it. It's good. Okay, good. Yes. Yeah, that's how we feel. We just like wanted to talk to our buddies about our favorite horror movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Do you? Where are you right now? I'm in Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. didn't think about going back to Australia for I, quarantine? I did um, halfway through the year because one of my best friends was getting married, but that got cancelled. Both of mm-hmm. my parent, both of my parents were um, immune compromised, and so we made the decision. We didn't know what was going to happen, so like I didn't want to go to Australia and then be stuck there. Um, but now it's kind of like. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it probably wouldn't have made a difference whatsoever. So uh, that was a decision I made. So I'll go back at the end of the year. Awesome. Have you seen any horror movies since we saw you last that have like made it into your favorites? Oh, man. Oh, I should have known this question. Um, <laughs> uh, it's okay if the answer is no. Also. <laughs> I, I, I'm, sure that it, I'm sure they have, but I just, even though I've got a, a ton of time, I haven't really been watching too much television or film. Um, so I don't think I have, like, I, I want, I want to see three from hell, Rob Zombie's third, but I haven't seen that yet. Has anyone seen that one? No, no, no. Well, there you go. (laughs) I do recommend host. I really liked it. And it's only like 96 minutes, which is crazy. Oh, really? It's a zoom horror movie, a group of friends over zoom do, and they, it's, you know, made during quarantine and they have a seance and it's really good. There's a couple things that I won't give away, but that are like really geniusly done with the Zoom format that I loved. So if you watch it, you'll have to let me I, know what you think. I'm, I most definitely will. What uh, is it? Amazon? What's, what's it? What is it? It's it's on Shutter. So I think you might ah. have to. You can do a free trial on Amazon. Is Shutter oh, good? Oh yeah. If you like horror, definitely. Oh yeah. So, it's got, like, so there's it's it's definitely worth like because uh, I, I have seen some. Uh, uh, commercials or advertisements for it. And some of them, it kind of seems kind of cool. Like I think the most recent one I think was called is uh, the shed. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen the commercial oh, for I haven't that. Seen it. So it was, um, for shutter. And basically these two kind of nerdy kids at school, they get bullied, but one of the kids has this shed out the backyard of his house. And it's this old dilapidated kind of shed and there's a creature inside it. And so I think he starts feeding his enemies to the creature or something like that and cool. like, and potentially releasing it or I, I'm not too sure, but that's what I saw. And that, yeah. and, and that kind of had a nice little like 80s kind of 
B-grade horror vibe to it, like the the gate. And yeah, do the free trial. <laughs> this is turning into a pro Shutter podcast. We're not getting paid by Shutter, but we like it. Shutter, would you like to sponsor this podcast? Yeah, Shutter. seriously, they should. Shutter. Yeah, yeah, sponsor the yeah, podcast. Yeah, we should please, send Shutter. this, send this to them, and like please, sometimes you're being yeah. like, get it for free. <laughs> yeah. Well, the free trial, and then hopefully it wins you over. Yeah. No. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, if you remember one that you loved, blurt it out as we go. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's probably been stuff in theaters when theaters were still a thing. It just feels like a million years ago. Yeah, it's true. I think um, Ready or Not was probably my favorite from last year. God, I still am so excited to watch Love it, it, and I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I, I, ha- I haven't seen that uh, either. What about, is there one called The the Game or The Hunt or something like oh, that? Oh, I loved The Hunt. I haven't, yeah. I haven't seen that one. I, seen that. Um, I thought it was great. It was so fun. Um, I think... Because every now and then on the cable that I've got, like, you'll have zombie strippers or something, <laughs> something like that. Um, or another one, which was, ah, oh, it was about donuts that come to life. Oh, my God. And, and they attack you. And I watched that. I was like, what the fuck am was I watching? Was it scary? No, it wasn't yeah, scary Yeah, of course at all. not. <laughs> but it was, it was hilarious because they, like, you know, they took it seriously and there's a whole scene in a kitchen where the donuts are all flying around everywhere and they've got pans <laughs> and they're knocking it out and they're like, we got to get out of here. And like, Amazing. and the cops come and then they kill the cops and all that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I really wanted to see and I haven't, we should do it on here sometime is a movie called In Fabric, which is basically about a killer dress, but it looks great. <laughs> a killer dress. <laughs> yes, it's like Marianne Jean Baptiste is the lead from Secrets and Lies. I love her. I'm like, I want to There's a little this. bit of that in like Prom Night 2, Hello Mary Lou, where like uh the clothes are attacking you. Ooh. <laughs> like haunted This one clothes. is like done like a giallo, it looks like, like old, you know, like Italian horror. Um, <laughs> but it looks great. Watch the trailer. <laughs> That's awesome. I think uh, I think I watched the other day. I think it might have been Prom Night. Oh, the first one? Uh, it was like a remake, I think. Oh, Britney a... Snow. Yeah, and like I was like, all right, you know, this it's it's kind of I do miss that kind of teen, you know, slasher horror kind of thing. But I think they need to kind of maybe go in a I don't know a different direction with it because it because we've all seen it so much, we kind of know what's going to happen. Prom Night Two is the best of the Prom Nights. Period. Oh, wow. Which is funny because it's like the best sequel that surpasses the original, which we're about to talk about a sequel. <laughs> Segway. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking the same and also teenagers. Okay, wait. Uh, I This was very interesting for me because there was so much I remembered vividly. And well, we should say so we're doing Scream 2. Yeah. I'm going to transition into it. <laughs> Scream 2, Screamier. Yeah. Oh, I Even love this Screamier. movie. I listened to this soundtrack a thousand times because, as I've mentioned on this podcast before, I was obsessed with Sarah Michelle Gellar. So I would get into like anything even tangentially Sarah Michelle Gellar, which meant I had to have the soundtrack and listen to it a thousand times. Was I know what you do? I know what you did last summer. Was that before Scream Two? Was it same year? Same year. Mm-hmm. Wow. Same year, both Kevin Williamson, both have crazy, like, girl stuck in a cop car scenes. Yeah, that the scene here definitely reminded me of Kevin, it. come on, I bro. I, well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise, because I, I read up a little bit about Scream 2, and they had a whole script written, it was all ready to rock and roll, and then it got leaked. Mm-hmm. On like back in the kind of like early days of the internet, and so the killers were revealed, and initially he like he had four killers. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah, and so he had to kind of like rewrite a lot of stuff. So it wouldn't surprise me if like, okay, we got to throw this in there, da 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 because. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, 
I really want to read that script now. I bet it was good. I, I'm sure it was. Yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting. And I don't know who the killers were. I do. In the other one? Yes. You Have you read it? No. How do you know? Because I have the Blu-ray with commentary. Oh, cool. Is it roughly the same cast of characters? It's the same cast, but different killers. Yeah, I think only one person, uh, the, um, I mean, we can do spoilers. Yeah, right? Yeah, I what mean, do we want to do? Are we going to try and go in order? Um, yeah, let's try to go in order. Let's talk about it at the end. Let's do. Okay, okay. Let's do that. Yeah, I'll follow your lead, Jessica, because I have notes, but I also don't want to give. I will say there was an actor that I couldn't place. Mm -hmm. So I looked them up. I typed in the character's name in because I couldn't find them. I typed in the character's name and it was an immediate spoiler because oh. the character <laughs> uses a different name. And I was oh, like, oh, okay. I know who it yeah. is. Then. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, this person's the killer or they're trying to help because I remember it being a different killer. Yeah. This and, is like yeah. a definite warning to anyone listening. If you have not seen Scream, the first one, and you mm -hmm. don't want this to be spoiled, don't listen to this episode. Yeah. And if you haven't seen Scream, <laughs> please correct that immediately. Yeah. Because like, we all love Scream. It came out in 1997. Like, what the hell, guys? <laughs> yeah. Like, we will be talking about the killers in yes, Scream in this we one. Will yeah. be. So. We will be. Because they yes. figure largely into the killers in Scream 2. Which I love so much. Yeah. And our, I think we have some new like younger audiences that are to whom scream is like an old movie which seems crazy but <laughs> it really holds up all the tv series so the, yeah maybe, i haven't maybe, seen the neither have i show. i watched i watched the first i, <laughs> I watched i watched the first kind of kill on it with the the girl in the the pool or the the spa and i was like uh, so i didn't watch mm -hmm. any i didn't watch anymore it didn't grab me so maybe yeah. i should give it another chance but it didn't grab me you know, Jessica always says that it's not Scream without Wes Craven. No Wes, no Jess is her new That's my motto phrase. for the new Scream. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it needs Kevin Williamson, which I don't think, you know, the show has. So yeah. it can't, it's not really Scream without Wes or Kev. Yeah. Neither does Scream 3. Scream 3, not written by Kevin Williamson. But that's your second favorite of the Screams, right? No. Oh, why did I think? Number, okay. number three for me is my least. Same. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's one, two, four, and three for me. I am one, four, two, and three. Oh. Oh, so number four is your second favorite. Oh, not yeah. I, See, I was, I I was like, I knew Scream it wasn't four. your second. I knew two wasn't your second favorite. I just mixed up four and three. Yeah, watching, I watched this last night and Brad watched part of it with me. And every time something good would happen, I would be like, oh, they totally cover this in Scream 4. But in like, they go further into it. And I kept being like, oh, I got to get out of my Scream 4 love. Because like, <laughs> I'm so, there, it's. That movie just like really circles back all of this into one movie in a great way. Yeah. So yeah. can we skip three or you still got to do three and then four? You got to do three. Parker okay. Posey. Yeah, I do love her. <laughs> Dan, are you down for two more screens? Of course I am. Of course I okay, am. Okay, great. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> well, the first song is Red Right Hand, that Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds song. Oh, which, which is the Scream franchise. Too. It's in yep. every single yes. movie. Yep. I fucking love it. Love Nick Cave. Love that song. Immediately, I'm like in the mood. Yeah. It just sets it perfectly. And the first line of the movie is, I hate scary movies. It's awesome. A, a very, a very, uh, a young Jada Pinkett Smith. Was she Pinkett That's Smith right. at the time? Was I think she, she's just Pinkett. Yeah, I think she's just Pinkett. Pinkett. Ah. Yeah. And Omar Epps. Who yeah. I, at this time, especially, I was so in love with Omar Epps. <laughs> he's he's a babe. Because he was in um, Love and Basketball and The Wood. Ugh, I loved him. Higher Learning. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen that. You love and Basketball keeps coming learning. up. No, I haven't seen either. <laughs> oh higher Learning God. or Love and Basketball. Have you seen The Wood? No. I recommend The Wood. It's great. 
You know, I think all I've seen Omar Epson is Scream 2. <laughs> and I love him. Where so where was so it's definitely Omar Epps from movies that I haven't seen. Yep. Yes. And they're seeing the premiere of Stab based on the best selling book by Gail Weathers. Yes. <laughs> love that. And uh, there's a little little bit of social commentary from Jada in it that, um, mm-hmm. like, uh, ho- horror movies uh, aren't very respectful to uh, black people. And Omar's character kind of doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, he says being scared is it's fun. It's, like, it's primal. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's kind of funny that uh, Jada will talk about, you know, they don't, they don't respect the black people in horror movies. Let's just go down the road and watch uh, Sandra Bullock instead. <laughs> so yeah. there's a nice little back and forth there with that. And then um, I thought that was kind of cool. In the postmodern way Scream deals with stuff, the very beginning, Scream is like Scream Two is calling out like we excluded black people from the first Scream, yeah, and absolutely. they're not going to be excluded in this one. I mean, there's yeah, it like they could have done a better job of integrating black characters and having them be stronger characters in yeah. the as far as development, but they mm. do like work there's a lot more yeah color people of color in this movie, thank goodness and. You know, it's it, we've talked before. There's a website that's like, uh, does the dog die? And it's all of these triggers. And it's like, do black people die first? Does the dog die? Is there a rape? Like different things that trigger people as a viewer. And it's interesting because it's like, spoiler, we're about to get into it. The yeah. two black people do die first, but we get a bunch more black characters. Yeah. But also as well, like, I think that might be like some commentary because, you know, Kevin is pretty, if you would say meta. Mm-hmm. For sure, he he kind of know he he knows what he's doing, and like they make those comments and everything like that, and da 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 da, da and then it happens. So they mm-hmm. even kind of show it, and even later on, there's a um the cameraman, like another Joel. like character, yeah, Joel. He, look at you. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I love. I'm a scream nerd. I will know all this stuff. <laughs> I know his name too, but we'll get there. And he even makes a comment on that fact. And I also like how they set up Omar's death. Like they set up with the conversations that they're having with how he's just a horny college boy, and that leads him to his death. That's that's kind of how I see that there because he's commenting on like I'll only go see the Sandra Bullock film if like she's naked. Um, and then, you know, when they're watching the actual film and Heather, and Heather Graham is naked. Well, and he says to, to her, like, see, seeing a scary movie, like getting scared, it's good foreplay. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. like, I don't know if we're going too far ahead for when he goes into the bathroom stall, but then, he, you know, then he hears like some a, a girl talking. So we I think I know who the killer was. Um, but, you know, a girl talking. Oh, interesting. I just thought it was a special, like a, like it was somebody trying to do a weird voice. Yeah, I think it's. It could have been. The you, other you, one. Yeah. You do? You do? Oh, okay. Okay, so regardless of who it is, but I think he thinks that someone's getting busy in the next stall. Oh, so, yeah. And so that's I why I agree he... with Jessica, by the way, just because I have a... Again, we'll come to it, but the motives are different, and the motive there is more in line with it being the other killer. Well, okay, and then also, on. he puts on the mask and goes out and pretends to be the boyfriend. So at least it has, has to be... To, a boy. At least he yeah. has to be yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, I guess... they could both be there, but... Right. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's why he ends up like, you know, putting his head against the um the store because it's like a sexy Yeah, it's like a sexy thing. Oh, these people getting busy and then, you know, boom, you know, stuff yeah. happens. So one more thing about using people of color in a way that I like is even though the two black people die first, I think in the the cinematic universe of Scream, the opening death is a big deal. Oh, yeah. Like 
the way that in Scream 1, Drew Barrymore dies first, but it's iconic. And so mm-hmm. I feel like it is, maybe this is fucked up to say, but it is like an honor to be the opening death in Scream. Yeah. So even though it's like they're the first deaths, I feel like they're the most, I mean, those are the deaths I remembered you know, have, having not seen it since it came out. Those are the ones I remembered. Yeah, and, and also there's another, uh, I think another bit of commentary with it where like she's being stabbed in the middle of everybody and everybody's so mm-hmm. like, yeah, and like stabbing mm-hmm. and like running around going crazy. By the way, if I had to watch a movie and all that shit was going on, I would hate it and I'd walk out. <laughs> I would leave. Yeah. I would leave for I'm sure. Like, I, can't, yeah. I can't watch a movie like this. And like no one really notices, no one really cares until she gets up and screams and then falls down. And then everyone's like, oh, wait, wait is, I mean- they probably think it could be a bit of a, a promotional thing, but... Yeah, that's the weird thing. Okay, so I love Scream 2, and I stand by it, 100%. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that always is, like, strange to me... So I've been in theaters that are not that raucous, but are definitely, like, I've been to the... Nice use of raucous. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> um, I've been to the Arrow Theater. They do, like, the horathon, which is, like, seven movies in a row, and that gets pretty crazy. Um, and everyone's, like, you know, in costumes and stuff, but... Oh, drugs. But <laughs> it's a bunch of film nerds. They're not on good drugs. Um, <laughs> but basically, t- to me, like the problem with this is that sure, if it's a if it's a classic B movie that everyone's seen a million times, you go in costume, you throw stuff, everyone's cheering. This is the like premiere opening night of a movie that no one has seen. Mm. Yeah, I'm with you. I think. I do buy Jada screaming at the screen, which like, yeah, that happens. You're allowed to be like, don't go in there to a horror movie. But in real time, I don't buy that everyone is sitting in the theater. First of all, even just wearing the ghost face killer mask because you have to peer through like black mesh to watch the movie. That's not a way to watch a movie. And yeah, they're making so much noise that it's like, this is going to ruin. I'm like mixed on it because... It's like every time I knock it, as soon as someone else talk, talks about it, I start defending it. <laughs> Maybe it was like a it was like a fan thing. It's like anyone f- fans of the show or anything like. Well, they that. were I mean, free fans of the book. They're they free were t- free tickets that were given okay. out in a college town. So, like, part of me is like, I get the raucousness okay. could just be that it's a bunch of like Drunk. dumb guys yeah. that like are being jerks and the mob mentality of that. Yeah, I mean, you see, and remember in the first one, like somebody in the school was dressing up like Ghostface, running right. around going, ah! So, yeah, that's yeah. true. You know. Just to clarify, we, we talked about how Omar Epps is in the stall and hears something, and in case you didn't put this together, he, like, puts his ear against to listen to it, and then a knife comes through and stabs him basically in the head. Yes. And he and does then the such killer... a good performance as, like, yeah. as he's dying. Oh, Blood knocks out. it out of the park. <laughs> it's so... Brutal, because he's also already scared Jada. Like I don't remember what he does. It's right outside. He pops like, out of the bathroom in the, the mask ma- with the mask. Yeah, which yeah. sets up when the killer walks out dressed as him wearing the mask. She's not suspicious because he was exactly. just in the mask. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I wonder if the killer is watching that interaction and is like, "All right, I'll get them." Although yeah. there's a different motive too for them specifically. I watched it uh, yesterday, but um, the killer puts on his clothes, doesn't? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or his jacket or something. All the clothes? Yeah, all the clothes, yeah he's or? wearing the, the killer's wearing the, the whole jacket. outfit, and then I think he just puts the jacket on over his outfit. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, so it's yeah. like hiding what's underneath. Yeah. Before he gets killed, there's a moment I love where Jada asks for money to buy popcorn. And I he's love like, it you too. got money. And she goes, I got my money. I asked for your money. <laughs> and I'm like, that's fair. Like, he drags you to a movie you don't want to see. It is your right to spend his money on your popcorn. Mm-hmm. I love that beat. I love that line too. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah he comes sits down next to her she assumes it's her boyfriend and then 
she gets stabbed and killed in front well, of the Well, she, she like, gets scared and hugs onto him and then is Notices covered in the blood. blood. Yeah, yeah. And then That's he right. attacks her and she dies on stage in a very dramatic fashion. Very dramatic. And then, I believe, we get Your Lucky Day in Hell by Eels. Love that song. Love the soundtrack. <laughs> well, we can't gloss over Stab the Movie. Yeah, you're right. Which is directed by Robert Rodriguez. <gasps> really? I, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, awesome. which they... Robert Rodriguez directed the stab scenes. Yes. So and did they scene, give him credit in this world? Like in no. in this world is stab directed by Robert Rodriguez? No. no. But uh, so basically they had a credit that said that in the beginning when it's like based on the book by Gail Weathers. They had a credit, but first I don't know why, but legal reasons they had to take that out. Whoa. And then um, for Scream 4, t- tiny spoiler, they re-show Stab. Stab comes back in Scream 4. It does say a Robert Rodriguez oh, film wow. in that one. Uh, does anybody get a directing credit in this one or nobody does? No. Okay. It just is written by Gail Weathers. I'd like to got see it. Robert Rodriguez like do like a, you know, a Stab. Just Yeah. <laughs> just, that, I know. I would watch Stab. Yeah, that'd be Stab. Do it in the style of Sin City or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm excited to get to Scream 4 now. <laughs> yeah, so Heather Graham is uh, Drew Barrymore. Yes, Casey um, Becker. Yep. Yeah, uh, Tori Spelling is <laughs> Nev Campbell's <laughs> character. Sydney. Prescott. Great and callback. Luke Wilson is um, Seth. Seth, wow, what is it? Billy. Billy Loomis. Yeah, Billy Loomis. Who's it? Playboy? What's his name? Skeet. Skeet. Skudorek. That's it. <laughs> I, I like Luke Wilson a lot, but the way they do his hair and stuff, I'm like, he is no Skeet Ulrich. Well, but, it's um, supposed it's, to it's be. Done on, it's done on yeah. purpose. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. But still, I'm like, you're dishonoring his hotness, his royal hotness from <laughs> and, screen. And they do even the moment of like, oh, stupid. Like, you know, yeah. like, like does yeah. all that kind of stuff. Um, while I was watching, I was kind of like, how, how did the writers, how does like Gail Weathers and the writers know that this took place? Right. Uh, this little kind of conversation. I mean, did Sydney tell Gail? I, I, I wouldn't see Sydney telling. Oh, okay, no. so I spoke to, you know, da 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 at this point in time. But uh, well, because the dialogue, the it's thought, like but... similar, but it's not exactly the same. No, I know. Yeah, I, I but c- still, like, how would they even know what the phone call was with Casey Becker? And- yeah, I love uh, what's his name. Luke Wilson says. That's the way the cookie crumbles. <laughs> About the both of their crumbles. moms, like, le- abandoning that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, of course, of course, um, like, Tori Spelling was a good sport because in the first one, uh, Nev Campbell makes a joke about... Um, like, oh, if it were my life, Tori Spelling would be playing my character in the movie. Yeah. And so Tori Spelling playing it. It's, it's a nice little, you know, uh, And joke. David Schwimmer is, is allegedly playing Dewey. Dewey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Although we never see it, but yeah. that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you uh, ever see, I think he makes a comment, um, Jamie Kennedy, about who's playing him. But yeah, it's a, it's a nobody. He says, I've got some nobody playing me. Mm-hmm. So we don't know who. Yeah, we right. don't know who it is. Yeah. Well, and I love all the Casey Becker stuff because it's like uh, totally made for TV where she's like about to take a shower instead of making popcorn. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the yeah. killer's like on the roof looking down at her and it's like uh, it's so <laughs> much so more. Funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did they ever make like a full kind of like all the scenes put together? Like did they shoot lots of it and then kind of just add add like just – edited in just little moments of it i I think they just filmed those two scenes oh that's a bummer (laughs) that's why i think robert uh, rodriguez should uh, do like a proper like a short film or something like that of it i think that'd be kind of (laughs) cool now we get your lucky day in hell yeah and nev campbell's phone rings yes that's and somebody's doing the screen voice again yeah and she's like 
Corey Gillis, I've got caller ID, bitch. And yeah. I'm like, yes. Yeah, so I good. love it. It's like, she's got caller ID. And then in the theater, Jada Pinkett Smith is like, uh, hang up and star 69 is ass. Yeah, yeah. It's like all the things that we were shouting at Drew Barrymore, they're now mm-hmm. incorporating into this one. Which is so good. But it, it's, a, it's a nice little um, emotional character growth for uh, Sydney because she's, she's used to it. You know, she says it'll die down again once all the, you know, the movie premiere kind of dies yeah. down and everything like that. So obviously she got it in the first place when the book probably first came out. Right. And it it does, like, there's a part of me that wants to be like, are all these people really going to do that to her? But it's like, yeah, people yeah. are fucking assholes. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Which is garbage, that, but I buy it. People would be like, yeah, let me call this poor woman who was victimized, had her mom murdered and a bunch of her friends and her boyfriend ended up being a psycho killer. Let me let me do this same voice and just call her up to well, just, traumatize her. Just look at social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, right. if any, like if anybody's like says something that like some people go, oh, that's wrong. Like their social media is bombarded with like you fucking this and this and you're a blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, it absolutely, um, yeah. you know, absolutely is possible. Well, and there's power yeah. in anonymity. Yeah. The guy calls right. her because he doesn't think that she knows who he is. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and then he's like, oh, oh, shit. Oh, no. Yeah, hangs oh, up. oh, shit. <laughs> hangs up. Yeah. And that's all the internet is, is anonymity. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. True. Definitely. And then we get caught and weary. Yes. Yeah. Who is being interviewed, interviewed by? By Kevin, by Kevin Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> I read that, but I didn't catch it. I got to go back. I didn't see his I didn't register his face. <laughs> and cut, like, I just love how, like, young leave schreiber looks compared to like him and just looking so like disheveled and rough and ray donovan (laughs) but he looks so good now which is what's infuriating about men versus women is like we start to look haggard and you're like uh she's old whereas like men you're like oh he looks wise oh he's distinguished (laughs) yeah exactly i'm like i don't like that that young Leave Schreiber look. My, my, my gray hairs starting to come through. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes you hotter, whereas it would make me just look old. It's not fair. <laughs> no, you'd look like Storm. <laughs> <laughs> if it was very specific and, like, cool in its placement. Yes, absolutely. My next thing is about the, the film theory class. But I don't yes. know if there's anything you want to yes, say. I love as someone who went to film school, love the film theory scene. Yeah. Was Me that, too. Was that what it was like? Those kinds of classes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was just like debates about what you think about it. It's basically this podcast <laughs> with no more wa- people. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you like it. No wonder you like it. Uh, there's always one thing that bugged me, and I didn't check it up before I did the – but I think – doesn't Randy get the – Randy gets the dialogue wrong. Yeah, that bugs me too. Yeah, because Joshua Jackson gets us right with, you know, get away from her, you bitch. And then Randy goes, no, like, how do they, like, was that, that has to be intentional. That I don't, I read on IMDb that that's a mistake, that, like, uh, that Jamie Kennedy flubbed the line, but I don't see how. <laughs> because, because Joshua no, because Jackson says that's it the right. Whole, so. Yeah, that's the, like, the, that's the actual kind of, that's why I'm kind of like, it has to, like, it can't be a mistake, because I, I, Kevin wouldn't make that mistake <laughs> not our kevin no there's not, one other mistake not our kevin no <laughs> which is weird there's this mistake i caught specifically because i was waiting for them to do the opposite because i thought i learned it from this movie but i guess not i remembered learning that the godfather 2 doesn't technically count as a sequel because the godfather was a novel and it was broken up into three movies so it was always planned and i thought i learned that from scream 2 but i didn't like they say that later about 
Star Wars. They're like, oh, it's not a sequel. It's part of a trilogy completely planned. But it's also true of The Godfather. Well, yeah. Godfather Part 2 is, is also a prequel. Mm. So it's like, does it count as a sequel? Because most of the stuff in The Godfather Part 2 takes place before The Godfather. It's all flashbacks. Right. And it's part of the same story. It wasn't written as like, a, oh, this did well. Now let's follow it up. With. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This I mean, is where yeah. like Randy's not my favorite person because, I mean, the whole debate basically is like, oh, we think someone is making a stab too in mm. real life. And, you know, like why Randy's like, why would someone want to do that? Sequels are always inferior. And Mickey is really defending the sequel idea. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. But then when they like point out movies Randy and like Cece, who's Sarah Michelle Geller, knock down the movies, but not well to me, where it's like, what about Terminator 2? And then Randy just does an impression. I'm like, but wait, that was a really good sequel. Why? Uh, we just blew past that. <laughs> like, that is, I think that sequel is better than the original. <laughs> yeah, this is not Randy's finest moment. I wonder why. Um, maybe, maybe that had something to do with the quick rewrites, because I had a re- I, I read about it and how they were finishing scenes on the day like scripts like like today's pages we finished today here you go wow so this was- whole scene is a reshoot oh really yes the original scene did not have sarah michelle geller or joshua jackson and it was basically just randy and mickey going head to head over it in class and then they thought that was too on the nose Obvious. yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like why is mickey so defensive of sequels and stuff so then they that's peppered smart. in like Joshua Jackson and there's like another student that talks to there's like a couple other students I think and then yeah. they yeah. wanted to bring back Sarah Michelle Geller so that she like was more integrated with the so she, campus so you know who she is when she gets killed yeah yeah <gasps> well no, that's okay <laughs> I uh got so excited seeing Joshua Jackson I was like how did I forget that he's in this movie and it's because Dawson, that's baby. the only scene he's in <laughs> yeah he, just he never comes cameo. back no. Um, also, his hair's really bad. Like, I love him, and I'm generally very attracted to him. It's the hair. Not in this scene. I know, I forgot, because I'm an adult now, and I feel differently about hair. When, when, was, when was Dawson's Creek? When did that come into play? This, that, it's was that around mid- this time, yeah. Oh, really? Okay, cool. All was right. it still on the air, I wonder? Oh, I think it had just this? started. Oh, wow. Yeah, Kevin Williamson's really bringing back all his people, which is nice. Because I think Scream, the first Scream came out before Dawson, and then was, I think Dawson came out. Yeah, Scream was 94, 93, 94, and then this one was 97. Seven. Well, then Scream is 96, and this is 97. They, oh, this movie, this movie came out so less fast. than a year bef- yeah. after. So it's like, I read that. I was like, this is insane. Scream was like December 20th, and Scream 2 was like December 12th. It's crazy that it's not a total piece of shit given that timeline and that it had to be rewritten once because it, the script got leaked. Well, like, that's insane. Like Ke- Kevin had, I think he had, like, because he wanted a franchise with it. So he already had plot points for everything. So that's probably why it wasn't a total piece of shit. Um, yeah. Not that it was a piece of shit at all, but right. um, that's but what it was a really like. good sequel. Yeah, yeah, that, because he uh, he already had in play. Okay, what's a sequel? And then unfortunately, he had to like I think change half the movie on the fly yeah. uh, because it got. I'm leaked. excited to learn what it was when we get to the end and Jessica reveals all. But it's also this started like they started shooting this six weeks after Scream was in theaters. Wow. Well, that, 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 that's the studio going, we want more money. Yeah. <laughs> and it worked. I yeah. mean, I think yeah. this is a good movie, and then it was like a hit. So. Yeah, they, yeah. I think they, they made like $300,000 less than the first one, but some critics believe that it was better than the first one. 
They're wrong. Yeah, no, that, that's that's yeah. what I read. That's what I read. Like some critics thought Unanimous it was Unanimous, they're wrong. <laughs> no, no, the first one just holds such a place in my heart. I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, this was it's so perfect. cool. This was oh, so, yeah. so good. Yeah. And lately more and more people one. have been, more and more guests have been citing Scream among their favorites, which is nice. Yeah. I feel like it wasn't an answer people gave often, but more and more yeah. guests do. Then, sh- so Nev Campbell, Sydney Prescott goes to see uh, not Jamie. Randy. Randy. Yeah. And it's like, it's happening again, Randy. Oh, yeah. I wrote that in my notes. And so I could have easily. Oh, wait. I do want to say one thing about the yeah, film yeah. thing. Because, uh, I mean, we're getting to the spoiler. But my watch this time, I like, because I've seen this only like a thousand times and could act it out for you right now. But um, Go for it. I was really, <laughs> it opens on the Rialto in Pasadena. Um, <laughs> but so I was really Does like, it? yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Guys, I'm, this is like, I'm a Trekkie for Scream. Like, I yeah. don't know what that's called, but... Um, the, cam- the camera pans down. I'm a real nerd <laughs> for it. Uh, but, oh, so this time when I was watching it, my ear was, like, really listening to Mickey's stuff. Mm-hmm. And what he says in that film theory thing is, like, you know, how these... This is a classic case of uh, life imitating art imitating life. And he's saying mm-hmm. that, like, clearly this murder is because the killer saw these two other killers immortalized on screen. Yeah. Which is bullshit because <laughs> Mickey never saw a stab. Mm-hmm. It just started. <laughs> yeah. He could have been at that screening. But he already had the plan to – I mean, spoiler, it's Mickey. He yeah. already had a plan. <laughs> Mickey and someone else. Yeah, yeah I mean, I, I – yeah. Well, I mean, already, when, you, when you see Tim Oliphant in a film back then, you're like, well, he's the bad guy. He plays the yeah, bad guy in everything back true. then. he's true. He's so fucking handsome. He, he is. He it's is, crazy. There's a moment where he asks someone so to dance handsome. and she brushes him off like he's... That, I mean, that was a funny moment. She's like, see that tall man over there with you know the big shoulders and all that? I think that, <laughs> yeah. that, that was a hilarious moment. But I mean, it just makes me think of uh, when he was in the office and everyone's like, oh, he's really hot. Look at that model looking guy. <laughs> Oh, I never saw that. But it's also like he's setting up what he says later, which is like blame the movies. He's like, it's, you know how like killers are always like wanting to flaunt their stuff? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it feels like where he's like, clearly this is because the movies, it's like we're imitating what we see on the screen. It's like he's testing out that theory before the big trial. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. that's When it's bullshit because he already had the plan to kill them before the movie's even out. Yeah. Well, I could see the argument that he's read the book. And now that but the movie's coming out. But that's not what he out, says. He says. Yes, yes, I know. But what I'm saying is he's read the book <laughs> and now that the movie has come out, he knows that the killers are immortalized on screen even before he sees it. Yeah. So and, it still makes sense. And this is actually an argument in real life of like, you know, do movies, do video games cause violence and all this sort of stuff. and that, that Which they address in the first Scream too, where it's like movies, what is it? Like movies don't. Movies make- don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can agree with that. Like, you know, you've got that that guy who dressed up as a Joker and went into the movie theater and 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 shot up. Like, it it wasn't that oh the Joker inspired him to do it. It's just I'm going to dress up as the Joker. Like, he already had the idea. This is what I want to do. And then, right. as you said, like creatively, I'm going to do this. Oh, because the Joker's like anarchy and blah 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 blah. Right. And so, I mean, it just, you know, it's just it's it's dressing. It's dressing. They say for, that in this, where yeah. like Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson are are like agreeing with you of like Mickey was already seeking. He was already online and like what, what do they say like a serial killer or something chat room yeah, or something yeah, like right. he. Yeah. 
before this whole thing comes out, he's already looking for an opportunity. Right. It's just a scapegoat. Mm -hmm. Blaming the films. And I mean, you know, like uh, Marilyn, uh, not Marilyn Manson, Charles Manson um, (laughs) with like Helter Skelter, like the Beatles are not promoting murdering, but you can you can pin it on anyone. Yeah. So what um, uh, what was the reason for um, Mickey and uh, Omar? Do we, do oh, so my, so they later I, I on start I, to realize I, I that, that that they're using people whose names. Now I'm forgetting the names. Yes. So Sydney, uh, Pres- so that is actually true. I think that because it, it's why. only three names that I see when she when Gail is kind of like a oh you know Sydney Prescott and you know da 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 da. I'm not yeah, it was the mom. It's yeah. Maureen Prescott, and then Jada Pinkett is Maureen Evans, and yeah. then. It's it was, Philip, Philip Stevens or something like that. Something Stevens. Yeah. Because that's, uh, that's the boyfriend of Casey. Well, uh, the, Casey's boyfriend is like Stephen Orth or something. Yeah, yeah. So Stevens. And Stevens is the last name of Omar's character. And then... Casey's uh, first Casey. name is Casey. Yeah. So I was, I was just thinking... I just thought that was kind of like a, a red herring. So it's herring. going in the kill order as the original. I thought it was, a, yeah, I thought it was mind, a red herring. I thought that was just kind of like to push people off the fact that, you know... In my mind, it's because... Uh, uh, What's, what's his name? Mickey uh, wants to recreate basically as like doing a sequel to this movie. And so he's killing people according to that. Whereas our other killer is more motivated by revenge. Yeah. So that's why I think that those kills are probably his. I agree. So all the people that don't have a direct connection with Sydney are the ones done by Mickey. And whereas people who are a, who are a part of the original movie are, I think done, that's by, right. are done by... Um, the other person. <laughs> I think well, that's right. Except we we know for sure that Mickey is the one driving the cop car. Because then when he takes off his mask, he's got the injuries from the crash. Ah, uh, right, yes. Right. True, true, true. Hmm. Yeah. Well, but I th- so I think it's like, you know, all uh, rectangles are squares and not all squares are rectangles. Like, I think it's like all, everything that is not directly related to Sydney is Mickey. That doesn't mean that some of what's related to Sydney is not also Mickey. Yeah. But no. anything that's also, not related? Asterisk. <laughs> there, uh, specifically with Casey, there are two. Because there's like a little Easter egg that lets you know it's not just one person. Okay, let's get there because I didn't know what it was. <laughs> but then, okay, so we leave the film class uh, where Sydney is like, it's happening again, Randy. And Randy's busy doing a British accent for some reason. Yeah, what, yes. movie, is, what movie is that from? Is oh, that Michael that Caine? Is, is that Michael Caine? No, that is a crew member that he was imitating. Oh. Because that was a reshoot. And so he was just like having fun. And I mean, basically, like uh, watching the commentary, so much of this movie is, is a reshoot. Yeah, yeah. He says some really prescient words. He says, multiplexes is a very dangerous place to be these days. And it's like, <laughs> like to your point of the Joker and, and other, you know, massacres that have happened yeah. during movies that weren't as much of a thing at the time. Yeah. Um, I think right after that we meet Debbie Salt coming up to Gail Weathers. And no, we, Jerry we meet O'Connell. the boyfriend. We meet the boyfriend. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, yep. go ahead. Yep. Jerry O'Connell, who's our red herring number one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, was he uh, in Sliders at that particular point in time? I don't do you, know. If, do you remember? That? I know he was do on. It. That, do you remember that series? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I, I remember him Stand by Me, but he's certainly grown up since then. <laughs> he has. He very much. <laughs> he's has. also he's got a great cameo and can't hardly wait. Oh, I don't remember. Oh, yeah, he's the drunk uh, college, older college yeah, kid. Yeah, who's, who's like, like, oh, college is rough. You got to stay with your high school girlfriend, man. Yeah. Oh, funny. <laughs> he's great. He seems like such a sweetheart, Mr. Mister Rebecca Romaine. 
Oh, is he married to Rebecca Romano? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? Wow. I did not know that. Oh, How well, cute. There you go. Anyway, so we meet, <laughs> we meet Jerry, <laughs> Jerry O'Connell. Jerry O'Connell. Um, and then that's when we meet um, uh, Courtney Cox, who's now like, you know. Uh, Shorter Waters. hair, red yeah, streaks. Yeah, she's very, You know, I realized she and Nev Campbell have the same exact haircut in this. And I wonder if that's why they gave her the red streaks was to differentiate them. Maybe. Maybe. That's my theory. And then Debbie Salt comes up to her and is like yes. telling her what a fan she is. And maybe let's just say it because we're going to look at everything through the lens yeah, of that's who fine. ends up. Yeah. So I could not place her. Of course, it's Laurie Metcalf, who's a genius. But yeah. I, I was like, who is this? It's Roseanne. So I looked up. What was that? Roseanne's sister. Oh, I've never seen Roseanne. Weirdly, the first thing I ever saw her in was a play that she was amazing in that I saw in L.A. She was so good. So I always think of her live, which is a very privileged stance. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, from uh, 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 Lady Bird. Yeah, she was great in. She, well, and she, she was great in Roseanne for years. Yeah. yeah, I just never saw Roseanne. Well, we had this conversation with the other week. Yeah, Johnny Galecki. I know you did last summer. Because mm-hmm. I never, I was like, Johnny Galecki's the guy You're from like, I know what you did last thing. I was like, no, he was already doing Roseanne. <laughs> yeah, I never watched Roseanne. I don't know how I missed it. But then when you look up, I was like, who is this? She looks so familiar. So I searched Debbie Salt and what comes up is Mrs. Loomis. And I'm like, oh. Oh. Okay. Oh, so oh. she's pretending to be someone else. This is clearly Billy's mom. But I remembered the killer being Mickey. So then I was like, maybe she's there trying to protect everybody to compensate for what her son did. So I was like theorizing the whole way through. I have to ask, how the hell does no one know what Billy Loomis's mother looks like? I wondered the same thing, but then... All right. You know, <laughs> Nev Campbell like does say hand, she lost a lot of weight. She got some work done. Yeah, you know? I know. But there still. are only... <laughs> Three oh, and people. she left town. She left Billy. That was the whole thing. Sorry, go on. Yes, but Gail has never met her. Yeah, so I so, understand that. But wouldn't you see? Wouldn't she have seen photos? That's why uh, the very first meeting where where uh, Debbie Salt is like, she oh, says I she looks familiar. Oh, she okay. says I was in the front row of your Chicago seminar. I was the one asking all the questions, and Courtney Cox is like, oh, I thought you looked familiar. Mm-hmm. So that she kind of puts her off the, you know. And Sydney and Debbie never meet, and yeah, Randy never sees her, and yeah. Dewey never sees her. Yeah, those yeah. are the only people that would have known. Yeah, that's yeah. fair enough. That's fair enough. I know. I wondered the same <laughs> thing. Like, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and they do put in that thing that she's had work done, and I feel like there's for someone like uh, Gail Weathers, if you've seen photos. It's different when, you know, like if you know somebody and they get some work done, you're like, oh, you have a new nose or whatever it is. But if you've seen pictures, it's much harder to connect like the essence of a person. Yeah. And and I guess she just she didn't care about this person at all. She was just an an annoying fan who was trying to be a reporter. So I guess she was like, "Eh, I'm not paying attention to you. Well, and how much research would she have done into Billy Loomis's mother when it's like she left? She wasn't a part of like. She left because he was cheating with Maureen Prescott, but like she wasn't really a part of that because story. her husband was cheating with Maureen Prescott. Just yeah, to clarify. it's like she left her son because he was cheating. But you know <laughs> but what I mean? She left like, her son because the dad the was cheating. In the research of like the Woodsboro murders, I don't yeah. think that Gail Weathers was like going deep down that well of like Billy Loomis's mother. He, she was yeah, I don't know if they could the even father. find her because I don't know if um, if Billy would have considered it abandonment if she was like still calling on weekends you know no, yeah I, mean? I know was, she wasn't i think mm. she was gone so probably it would have been a, a whole ordeal even just to track her down because he compares it to marine prescott being dead yeah 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 and also as well like back in the 
the kind of mid 90s, it's not exactly as easily accessible information as we do have now. That's true. <laughs> I don't think Billy, you know, Billy Loomis's mother would have had a Facebook page or <laughs> yeah. a MySpace or something like that back then. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Or maybe she did it under Debbie Salt. Ah, uh, yes. Very I true. love the name Debbie Salt. Very true. <laughs> Intrepid <good>. reporter. Uh, <laughs> when, when I first saw this movie, right before I saw it, I was like, um, God, I think I was in sixth grade when this came out. And it was like the first movie I saw by myself uh, in theaters that was R-rated because Texas had like a weird thing for a minute where your parents could buy you a R-rated film ticket. Yeah. And then you've said this before. And then sign the back of it. And then you could see it by yourself without a parent. Oh, wow. We we had back in Australia, we had had R-rating, but we also had MA, so mature audiences. And... I think you had to be 15 and up, but then there was like PG. And so when it was PG, you had to have a parent with you um, or something like that. And I think maybe MA, you could have had a parent with you. I'm not too sure. But um, I think it was kind of similar to to, to your situation. Like, um, no, sorry, we had PG. You had M, which is mature audiences, which is, I think, what um, Scream would have been. And then you've got MA, which came a little bit later, which is you had to be 15 years and up in order to view it. And R, you had to be 18. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought for us, R was 16. 17. I still get carded for rated R movies in Burbank. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Humble brag. It is always humiliating, though, because they're like, no, well, the older I get, the more it's like. (laughs) (laughs) I do not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me neither. I do not. I think they only do it sometimes. It's like, oh, we have to here. Like, and then they look at my date and I'm like, oh, all right. <laughs> and hand it back. He's 70 years old. Oh, my God. <laughs> You're I always, good. like, also seem very anxious. So I always come off like I'm lying. <laughs> like, suspiciously anxious. Do, do they double check the, like, uh, whatever. <laughs> Go, on. Go on. But through. so um, before I saw it, other kids had seen it. And I remember, like, on the school bus. Uh, the guy who I was in love with, uh, Raul, he had seen it. And he was like, do you want to know who the killers are? And I was like, so in love. I was like, oh, sure. Like, ruin it for me. <laughs> um, and he whispered, Nikki's mother. Oh. And so the whole movie, I was like, well, obviously, it's going to be somebody named Nikki. And, like, as, a, as like, however old I was, I couldn't, like, jump ahead to be like, oh, he probably meant Mickey. So, like, when it, the reveal comes, I was stunned. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, he didn't ruin it for you. He really didn't ruin it for me. <laughs> the next note I have is about Rebecca Gayhart and Portia de Rossi. I remember oh, Rebecca Gayhart, but I think I had no context for Portia de Rossi. So <laughs> I had, you know, it wasn't until Arrested Development that I knew who she was. But also, she she wasn't with Ellen at that time. Was she with Ellen? No, no, no. not then. That was way later. No. Yeah. Uh, but at this time, she was on Ally McBeal, uh, okay. which I watched already. Wow, I imagine her for some reason as like such an adult on Allie McBeal and here she's such a teenager. Maybe it was the next year or so, but it, this is like the same time period as Allie McBeal. And okay. uh, Gay Hart was on uh, Urban Legends. which Is that another Kevin film? No. Oh, okay. Feels like it could be. Yeah, it definitely feels like. Cause... Yeah, I, he didn't write it at least. Yeah, yeah. Um... And she was also in Beverly Hills 90210. Oh my. <laughs> and she was the Noxzema girl. I mean, she was all over oh, TV yeah, and like I Seventeen Magazine and stuff. But yeah, they're such a fun duo. And then I feel sad for well, we we meet what is what's um, uh, Sydney Prescott's roommate, Hallie. Friend? Hallie. Hallie. I feel bad for Hallie, who's like so eager to join the sorority, and they clearly only care about Nev Campbell joining. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
Have we have we we uh, we've have we skipped over Dewey? He then he comes. Oh, then he comes. I'm sorry. No, I have a one moment before Dewey. All right. mm-hmm. But right before that, Gail Weathers calls Joel exactly cameraman, mm. and I'm shocked that she knows his name in this world. I love that moment because she's like, Joel, get over here. And I'm like, there's no way she's learned this guy's name yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, Dewey. I, kept, I couldn't help my, in my mind. It kept being like, Dewey, what are you doing here? Because <laughs> what are you like, doing what are... here? <laughs> exactly. With, like, I like how like, Dewey's got his own theme music. Yeah. Um, and I, I read about it and it all there's original music in it, which is kind of related to the characters. But then most of the music is actually the music from Broken Arrow. Why? It, they just used his that music from Broken Arrow. That's so funny. Wow. Yeah. So that dun, 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 is <laughs> fr- is from like the slow mo scenes in Broken Arrow when like you know Christian Slater will come out or something like that or, or um uh, John Travolta. John Travolta. Yeah. yeah. Samantha Morton. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> or Samantha Mathis, not Samantha Morton. <laughs> and so do when- we. Sorry. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, so Dewey's, you know, obviously pinched like severed nerve or something like that in his back. So he's kind of walking a little funny. Yeah, he has a limp. And then he also has his right hand up and it looks like it's like an inv- in, inside of an invisible cast. <laughs> it's like hovering weirdly at his side. But then later, spoiler, when he and Gail are sort of like making out and he's touching her, that hand doesn't seem to have a problem anymore. It's the adrenaline. It's yeah. mind, mind, yeah, over, mind, mind over matter. Yeah, maybe that's true. Well, I think I think there was a character choice for him. I don't know if that was originally written for him. And he was like, oh, I want to do something like this. And they're like, why? Mm-hmm. He says, well, because I'm stabbed in the back. And, da-da-da-da. and they're like, all right. And so whatever you want, David. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go on, go for it. Do it, do it, do it, do it. Do it. But Dewey sets up the idea that if there is someone that's copycatting the first uh, stab, <laughs> your life, then it's probably someone that's already in your life right now, he or she or them. It's mm. probably someone you know, they get off on that. Is mm-hmm. was Mickey in that group at that yes, particular time? He's one yeah. of her friends. No, but I mean, like, was he there when Dewey was saying it? Well, Dewey pulls her aside from that okay. group, but he's yeah. in that group, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. Dewey brings her back. And then yeah. what Mickey says, which uh, so my whole like theory on this, which is probably just fact, is uh, <laughs> uh, is that you know obviously like Billy's mother is like the Billy character who's got like the deeper motive, and then Mickey is more like the Stu character who's got yeah. the more like crazy like yeah. talked into it motive. And yeah, he, along for the ride. Yeah, and so that scene where he comes over. Well, I mean, isn't isn't that isn't that correct? Like that's like that's Billy why Loomis, I was like I think it's just fact. No, because Billy <laughs> Loomis's mother that they met her, met him on a serial killer chat, and she probably like. Like, yeah. Told convinced him, oh, him just like Billy yeah. convinced too. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. be my right hand, uh, be my right hand man, and like I'm not going to tell you my real um, motive. Yeah. Yeah, and it sounds like Stu and Mickey had enough screws loose that they didn't need much convincing. No. 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 Absolutely <laughs> no, not. Uh, Mickey just needs financing to go to film school. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> that's but all. It, that's said, all it takes these days. It's college yeah. tuition. Um, <laughs> Mickey comes out when they're doing the press conference. He tries to talk about the stabbing of uh, Maureen Evans. Mm. So he, he comes out and says something about, like, I heard she was stabbed seven t- or something, and someone interrupts him. And it reminds me of the fountain scene in the first scream when Stu is, like, being really graphic about the death yeah. and, like, Billy interrupts him. Yeah, it's like, it's mm-hmm. called it's called tact, you fuck rag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's, like, starting so to echo that he's, like, the Stu of the group. Yeah and, yeah, and also as well, like, you know, that goes along with the sequel thing. Like, the sequel's... They do have a lot 
in common with the first one. Like, yeah, if you watch, if you rewatch Terminator Two, it's almost exactly like Terminator One, Terminator One mm-hmm. in structure. Like this happens, and then this happens, and this happens, and so it, it is. That's kind of what they do with the um, with the sequel kind of stuff. Well, and the police chief is giving the co- the press conference. That's David Arquette's dad. I know. Oh. I looked that up, and I loved that. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Which is funny because to the older generation, it's probably like. David Arquette, that's his son. You know, like, <laughs> yeah, Lewis his Arquette. dad was a big, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I love, the, uh, I think this is so funny and kind of silly, but Dewey starts like giving Gail a hard time because of all the things, the bad things, insulting things oh, she the, said about the him different in the book. Pa- the pages and... Yes, the thing that's crazy <laughs> is that he recites the page numbers. Like you could just <laughs> recite the lines. Yeah. You didn't have to memorize what page they were on, but he's like, page 52, you say blah, 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 page 37. I'm like, why? Yeah. Oh, you know that he has been stewing over this. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Waiting. You know, it's that thing where you yeah. want to have a fight with someone and you have the fight in your head like 17 times, so it's times, perfect. Yeah. He's like, got it memorized. Oh, he does. But I feel like your argument is just as strong without the page numbers. Cite your sources. I think it doesn't, Gail warms to him again after that. Like, she's just like, oh, you read it. Yeah. Well, he yeah. also yeah. does that. He's got that long monologue where he's like, you know, how do you know that my, like, whatever wit isn't masquerading and manipulating as a, whatever. He says that, like, crazy dialogue, monologue. I know. It's, it's, it's cool. It's really, really cool. But I love your point, Dan. Yeah, that she's like, oh, you read it. Yeah. <laughs> my reaction, yeah. too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> More copies sold. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> then we have Sydney with her roommate who's inviting her to this frat house party. Sorority mixer. Sorority mixer. Thank you. And she just keeps being like, I'm fine. And then Hallie's like, fucked up, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because then also later Hallie's like, I'm her therapist. It's like, is she like a psychology major or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it feels like she is. And then the, the the two sorority girls are talking about now you should join this because we practice safe sex or something like that. Like they only oh my give, god that they line only give, they only give blowjobs or something like that. Like that's safe sex or something. She <laughs> says that it's so good. Everybody thinks sororities are just about blowjobs, but we only support safe condom sex. <laughs> Also, one of my favorite moments is when they approach Portia de Rossi and Rebecca Gayhart when they come up to them. I think it's Rebecca Gayhart who says to Sydney, hi, I really mean that. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> no, I really mean that. Hi. Hi. That's so good. <laughs> they're really funny in this. And I love that they're kind of peppered throughout the movie like red herrings. You know, maybe it's them. They're always yeah. together. Yeah. They're always at the scene. But mm-hmm. they're so funny. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's really good. They really are. And then we're intercutting. Sarah Michelle Geller is like uh has to be like a sober sister in case anybody needs to be picked up. For a yeah. different sorority. Oh, different sorority. Yeah, she's like Chi Omega Zeta Omega Beta. I, I don't tune know. Out all and the then names. the other one is It's like, like Greek to me. I was in a sorority. Uh, so. Yeah, <laughs> so I was, was going to ask, were either of you in sororities? <laughs> I didn't go to college, so no. That means you're going to be very <laughs> successful. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I was in a sorority for a year. <laughs> What's so? What is is it very? Is it is it like the, what the movies portray? I was my sorority was different than this. I was in like a business sorority. It was a whole. It's a whole long oh. story about how I ended up in a sorority. But the, it was like much more organized, and they didn't have a house, so like it was just yeah. totally different because they were. They were all business majors. Yeah, I don't know why yeah. I was there. But um, <laughs> one of my favorite lines is when Sarah Michelle Geller, I guess, is – I almost want to say babysitting, but sober sister for a different sorority. And she's on the phone. She has to call on the other line. 
And she thinks it's like her on again, off again boyfriend just calling when he's drunk. But what's so good is when she realizes it's not him. She's like, sorry, I thought you were someone else. And the killer on the other end says, that's okay, I am. Uh, so good I also love her line when she goes back because she's like talking well she's talking to Selma Blair on the phone how do you know that I've listened to commentary but also she's credited oh cool Uh, in the commentary they say also that Selma Blair was the one who when Wes was uh, doing his screen test to to direct Scream Selma Blair was in that screen test as Sydney Oh, oh wow So why didn't they use her? I mean, I'm glad because I love Nev Campbell so much. Well, she just didn't get the job. A heartbreak. <laughs> but so uh, she's talking to Selma Blair, who then they we'll do cruel intentions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they could have given her a Rebecca Gayhart type part or something. Yeah, yeah. Not that I want to recast that. I loved that. But <laughs> well, I mean, that, that must suck. Yeah, I mean, Selma did well anyway. So it's true. You know, she had her own. You know, but I love happy she's, ending. She's like, I'm. A, oh, it sounds like Teddy's drunk or whatever. And then she goes back to the other line, and I love uh, her line is. You sound loaded, Ted. <laughs> sound loaded, it's Ted. Like, yeah, so like uh, aggressive towards someone who might be drunk. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like how in the beginning she's talking about some crappy reality TV show, like a dating show or something like that. Oh, yep. She's yep, talking yep, yep. about Party of Five, which Nev Campbell was shooting at the time. Really? Yeah, because Bailey and Sarah and Gwen. I watched oh Party of Five. Oh my god! <laughs> well, so so did I. I mean, I was like, I haven't seen it since. It came out, but <laughs> that's really that's funny, really cool. Part, yeah, it's party of five, Kevin, as well. No, no, okay. That feels a lot like uh, later on when they are talking about how there were like nude photos of Gail Weathers, and she's like, "It was just my head on Jennifer Aniston's body." Yeah. It feels very like insider that way. Like, ah, oh, you guys were on Friends together, and then David the Schwimmer. Yeah, yeah, David Schwimmer. Yeah, I yeah. didn't even connect that. That's so fun. I also love. I guess it's Selma Blair. This great moment that I. Definitely did not get the first time I saw this movie, but I do now that we've done Friday the 13th, is where she's on the phone and she's going, kill, 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 kill. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's effective. It's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like this whole set her. piece because I love that there's so many times where you think she could be safe. Like she's mm-hmm. on the phone with a friend. She gets off the phone and is with Ghostface. But then Summer Blair calls back. And it's like, and she goes outside. Way. She goes outside and tries to call campus security. And then uh, Marisol Nichols is there. Who's and that? it, that's her. I mean, that's her friend. But who is, why do you know her name? Because she's a famous actress. <laughs> she's a famous she's actress from. who just also sold a show uh, based on her life as like, she's busting sex traffickers also. Whoa, that's amazing. But oh, she's wow. on Riverdale with Skeet Ulrich, who was on screen. Oh, that's fun. Ah. I jumped so hard when she pops out. It scared the shit out of me. Well, and it's. You think, like, she's finally safe. Someone's there with her. Yeah, right. yeah. But, I mean, there has to be a reason, though, that, like, you know when you're watching it, okay, there's a reason why we're cutting back and forth to this particular girl who's by herself alone. It's like, yeah. all right, all right, something, you know, something's going to come. Yeah. Like, if it was if it was Nev Campbell, if it was Sydney, then, of course, you'd be like, all right, things are going to be fine. Maybe something will pop up, blah, 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 blah. But you kind of know that she... You know, oh, yeah. Some, yeah, something is yeah. going to happen. And then they just have to find a really creative way to kind of, you know, take it down. So they just throw off. still surprise you. Yeah. So yeah. They, they just throw her off the edge of uh, the balcony. <laughs> well, she gets stabbed there first, too. Yeah. 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 But, There's you know. a great sequence, though, where she is talking to Marisol Nichols and the phone rings and it's Ted, quote unquote. And she hands it to Cece and Cece's holding the phone. And behind them, you see Ghostface mm-hmm. sneak in. Yeah. Yep. 
And that's how you know it was two killers. Because when you see Ghostface, he does not have a phone in his hand. And she's currently on the phone with him. But couldn't, like, I don't remember if Ghostface is responding. Couldn't the phone be, like, at the person's side? This is from the commentary. They say that's a nod that there's two killers. Because they thought about maybe having his arm bent, like there was something in it, so the audience could see that. And then they were like, no. We'll make it so that it's, like, that's a nod in case you're watching that it's two killers at this point. That's yeah. cool. Wait, who is is the commentary Wes and Kev? No, it's Wes and two other uh, crew people. I want to say producers, but I cool. These are like they the, the Scream Blu rays are great. I this is the only thing I've ever really won. I won them off Entertainment Weekly. Uh, <laughs> got the whole set, but they have like Wes Craven does um, commentary on all the screens. It's really That's great. Awesome. That's really cool. Did you guys clock the sign in the living room? There's a sign on the wall that says no eating in living room. And I bet that was put up by whoever owns the house that they rented. <laughs> and like it was like a sign for production. And probably. they just overlooked it. <laughs> totally. Probably. That's Pro- so funny. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but works for a sorority house where you're like, yeah. bitches don't eat in here. Exactly. Absolutely. I liked it. So, okay. So she gets thrown off. She gets, she gets thrown off a balcony. And then when, yeah, and when, I at the time was very upset because I'm like, I'm watching this movie for Sarah Michelle Geller, and now she's dead. <laughs> but I know it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, but me now, I'm I'm a real Nev Campbell stan, so I'm okay. <laughs> well, and every time I watch this, I'm like, God, I like the name Cece. Like you just don't yeah. hear that name. It's so cute on her. Yeah, that's yeah, <laughs> true. Where do we cut to after the party? Then we're back at the sorority house. Okay, sorority yeah. house, man. So at the sorority house, after Cece's been thrown up, thrown thrown up, thrown (laughs) off the roof, who shows up? Mickey. Mickey and Derek get there late. Wait, who's Derek again? Boyfriend. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah. But here's a fun fact: (laughs) Uh, when Mickey gets there in the background, it's real quick, but you see him hug a guy that's got like bleach blonde hair. That's Matthew Lillard. What? Yes. Can you? see that or you just know from the commentary like can you, you can see, his see face? it you can't tell it's him because he looks so different and it, he's in the background of the shot oh, that's so cool but yeah. it's him because he was on set visiting his girlfriend at the time nev campbell really oh really yes. wow my voice just squeaked so hard <laughs> really? i became a full-on teenager like what matthew lillard and nev campbell dated <laughs> i didn't know that that's adorable yes. <laughs> that, that's so cool um, that that reminds me of the story of um, chris hemsworth uh he because he obviously he was on home and away for many many years in australia and he went back there to visit like the producers and the crew and all that and he was like i want put me in the background i want to be in the background they're, and they're like they're like chris no you're so obvious that it's going to distract from the scene but then he finally got in there because they have scenes in like the diner and he's in the background like wearing a baseball cap like eating food and oh, um, awesome. yeah and he just wanted to kind of do that sort of stuff so i think that's kind of cool. like those little things are kind of cool i really yeah like that's that. so fun when yeah. you know can you see that it's him or you're like oh i just believe that it's him you can see him for, it's so quick but he doesn't look like him because his hair is so it's like bleached blonde maybe for slc punk no i don't know when that was I think it was for that. Okay. For which film? SLC Punk. I haven't seen that. Oh, that's a great movie. Oh, really? Also, I feel like I should tell you guys, just because I think this is so funny, Jessica finally over Zoom met my friend Gabby, who's like my childhood best (laughs) friend. And we saw Scream together, and we saw um, uh, Titanic together. And this, I repeated about Gabby, like our entire lives in Titanic at the very end when, spoiler, the boat sinks and everybody's dying. Um, She pictured, (laughs) sorry, she started cracking up and I'm like sobbing. 
And she was laughing because she's like, I just was picturing Joey, her little brother, like throwing toy soldiers in the toilet and flushing it. So she's like cracking up at the end of Titanic. And then at the end of Scream, she fully cried because she loved Matthew Lillard so much. She was sad when he died. <laughs> That's how charming he is. So He's way so to go good in Scream. I was He's sad so too. His parents are going to be so mad at him. Yeah. <laughs> just my favorite thing that she I wasn't that laughed. In- that was impro- oh, was it? I think that was improvised, wasn't it? From the- I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's cool. They're going to be so mad at me. Everyone runs moment. out of the party because yep. CC. there's something happening at the Omega, Beta, Zeta, whatever house. Yeah. And then they play again Red Right Hand for a second, which mm-hmm. I love. They do. I, just, that, I love that song so much. It's so good. It's, it's Scream to me. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's it awesome. But Sydney stays behind to get her jacket. Mm-hmm. I love that moment. It's so good. The phone starts to ring and... You as an audience member immediately are like, just ignore it. What happens if you don't pick up the phone? Just fucking ignore it. And she starts to. And you're like, yes. But then she goes back for it. And what's awesome is that you're still on board. I feel like it could be so easy to just go like, just don't answer it. And if she had done it right away, it would be annoying. But instead, I at least was totally with her on that journey of like, yeah, I'm just not going to pick up. And then that turn of, no, I want to know. Fuck it. I am going to pick up. Yeah. 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 And I I have to live my life. Yeah. Well, she could live her life and not get it, but it's like, I'm going to face whatever this is. Mm-hmm. It's so and, good. And that also comes into play when she, with her, um, in her theater production. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, the drama teacher has that whole monologue about, like, you're, the, the character has to, like, face their fear and, like, mm-hmm. embrace yeah. their fate. I went into a deep dive on, because I was like, okay, what, because... I mean, I, how far we're skipping ahead, but um, <laughs> it's fine. Well, yeah, fine. I wrote yeah. down what is the history of Cassandra? What play is? But I didn't. It's, read it. it's from. Uh, uh, I think it, it's uh, Oedipus. I think I'm mm-hmm. not. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Oedipus. But I, Oedipus. Sorry. I think as um, Australians, you probably say. Oedipus. I know. I was like, the, I was going to let it go because <laughs> <laughs> I'm American. Uh, what do I know? Yeah, Oedipus. Um, so because obviously it's a very important part of the film because it's such a shift in tone that kind of monologue. And when, you know, she's trying to face this and face that. So Cassandra, um, the Greek god Apollo, uh, basically chose her, but she didn't show him any love and she ignored what he wanted. And so he impressed upon her the ability to prophesize. But a caveat to that was he made sure that no one believed her. Mm-hmm. So she would be like, no, uh, she was, she was, uh, known as the, the, uh, the downfall of Troy. Like she was saying, like, no, Troy is going to die. Troy is going to fall. Troy is going to fall. And no one believed her. And yeah. so in that particular production, I, th- um, it says Oedipus on, uh, like the little, um, pamphlet or like poster up on the wall but Mm -hmm. i think this particular production that she's doing is from another play because it's just with the research i did and so in that moment she has to confront the fact that she is going to be killed so that's what's happened that's what cassandra is going through in that particular moment and she and the killer in the play is she believes it's amongst all those people with the masks on who are going to stab her Mm-hmm. And so she obviously gets super involved in the particular play and she knows that, you know, like she, she says she's going to die and that someone in this group is going to kill her. And that's why she freaks out so much, but like, it's her, you know, confronting and basically becoming, okay, 
Everybody thinks I'm crazy. Everybody thinks that, you know, there's no killer after you, all that sort of stuff, da da da. But I have to face that fear and become like, you know, be yeah. the be the prophet for it. And that's why that is so important. Like, yeah, she's it's she's cursed to always deliver true prophecies and never to be believed. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that feels like it's such a character in basically every horror movie. There's always someone oh, yeah. who's like, this thing is coming and nobody believes them. I have played that person in one movie and then I die first. So oh, I'm, I'm a Cassandra to- too. Yeah. And so I, I, I believe like after that scene, like she, like when the boyfriend comes around, it's like, no, get away from me. Like, cause mm-hmm. um, uh, he comes in and she's like, I need my space. And so she starts to, like, no, you remind me of Billy, get away. And then she because starts. Because of Mickey. Yeah. Because. Oh, yeah, because uh, Mickey was supposed to be the one guarding her. Well, she, well, before that, so she answers the phone. It's the killer. She gets yeah. attacked at the party. And Derek runs. Past, she, like, gets away and Derek runs into it. Yeah. And he ends up getting sliced, which we don't see. It's off camera. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is suspicious. Mm-hmm. But then when she's at the hospital, Mickey is like, why would anyone go back in that house? And that's when, like, the music changes and she makes a face and all of a sudden it's, like, putting doubt in her head that history is repeating itself and it might be the boyfriend again. Yeah, Yeah. and Dewey's feeding into that, too. Dewey's saying, like, it's very convenient that it missed all of the major arteries. Yeah, yeah, it missed your nerves. Yeah. Yeah, he's a a med student as well, so, you know, all that sort of stuff. Right, like, Uh, he needs that arm and, of course, his arm is going to be fine. Yeah. Well, and also Dewey has nerve damage from his stab, so he's like, "What the fuck? It missed all your nerves." You got a tiny little <laughs> yeah. scratch. He also says to his, "I think you've got a copycat on your hands, Chief." To his dad, which I just think is so cute. He's like <laughs> in a scene calling his dad Chief. And Wes Craven is in that hospital scene too. He's a extra. Oh, cool. Oh, nice. Do you, so. Do you think uh, who was who was the killer that jumped in? Was it the mother? Okay, so I'm not sure because we. Okay, so Cece gets killed. Gail gets to the house and Debbie Salt is leaving the house. Very convenient that she was the first reporter on the scene Mm -hmm. because she's already got all her information. So she's free and Mickey has left the house to go check out the scene. So I don't know. I don't know which one that is. Yeah, because I'm trying to think uh, like in a situation like that, you'd think the killer would have gone to town on um, the boyfriend, but just gave him like a tiny little scratch. Like, was there a it purpose to keep him? trying it, to frame him. Yeah, to keep That's him alive. To keep to keep him alive. Mm-hmm. Like, were they intentionally like, we need to push, make him the red herring, make him kind of... I think so. Yeah, the boyfriend. So then is it Mickey? Because Mickey spends most of the time of the movie trying to, like, throw the blame at other people. Yeah. yeah probably. Debbie Salt only throws the blame once yes. when she brings up Sydney's dad. She's like, Sydney's dad's out of town on a business trip. Isn't that fishy? Mm, oh interesting (laughs) it's like a good call back to the first it's interesting to me because theoretically sydney's dad and debbie salt aka mrs loomis are kind of in the same boat they're like the jilted lovers you know whose whose partners were cheating so theoretically they should be on the same team yeah um but he doesn't want his daughter to be murdered (laughs) right no, that is a, a big That's where they disparity. shift teams. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they should get together. I guess if she weren't psychotic, that would be a nice... Ugh, if only she end. weren't psychotic. <laughs> and if only Sydney hadn't murdered her son. I don't know if you could get over that. I think Christmas you could. party. Because it feels about even. It's like, all right, my son murdered your mom. You murdered him. I guess it's fine. Let me marry your dad now. Yeah. And all will be fine. <laughs> yeah. 
No more scream movies. <laughs> you have a mom. I have a child now. It works out. <laughs> yeah. I also love it's right after this that uh, Derek gives Sydney his Greek letters on a necklace. And he says, it's good luck. It'll protect you. I would be like, go fuck yourself. This is not going to protect me. It's a I fucking mean, necklace. Also, weren't you wearing it when you got stabbed five minutes ago? Yeah. Was you this, are so was, not romantic. <laughs> when, when he gives over the letters, did he? was this before or after he top guns it? That's the that's the scene. He does that's it right scene. after. He does, he does it right, right after. after. So oh I mean, we we, God, we, I love we, that. we we can't we can't breeze over like no, the top the Top Gun right. reference or everything. You know, I think I love you, which is also why am I so afraid? Which is, uh, I believe, it, is that the Partridge Family song? That, I think so. That um, was on the radio playing when the one of the first murder victims was found with the um i think son of sam killer the one who goes up the guy oh, that goes wow. up and shoots people in the in the like in the, real life that yeah. song was whoa yeah the song that uh um the boyfriend partridge family song the, i think boy, i love yeah, you yeah i think i love is actually so david berkowitz who was the son of sam killer he uh killed um i think it was two people in a particular in a car and mm-hmm. that was that was the song that was playing when the cops first arrived, and so it's kind of um, become an infamous song. And oh. I don't know. I mean, that might be true. What I'm seeing is that he was sitting in a parked car listening to the song when he killed them. So maybe he was listening to it on repeat, and it was playing when the cops arrived too. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But I do know that that song is yeah. connected to that killers. We also have to do a podcast. I don't know if you've done it all. Have you seen Copycat? Oh, no. Yeah. I have not, but I was just reading about it, that it's with Sigourney Weaver and Holly yes, Hunter, and I'm yes. like, I'm in. Watch I it. love we, Holly we have, to, we have to do it, yeah. We have to do okay. a podcast. Robert Downey we Jr. Have, yeah, we have to do a podcast. Whoa. It's Robert Downey Jr. in it. Right? He's the one that strangled her. No, it's... It's in the very beginning. No, I know. It's not Robert Downey Jr. It's um, the singer. Oh! Harry Connick Harry Jr. Harry Connick Jr. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> From Hope Floats with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> yes um because in that they make reference to like once like copycat killer and one of the characters is dead and they're like okay was there a song let's do play? it let's watch it yeah. i don't want to know too much but let's yeah, right, cool. <laughs> but it, it has reference to that song but yes watch it it's really cool we should definitely do a podcast on that i, I love that film okay cool that's awesome and right before that the right before derek starts singing right before sid comes over uh, Mickey is talking to Derek and Hallie, and he's saying, do you think the killer could be uh, Gail Weathers? Mm, yes. So it's like every scene Mickey's in, he's like, he's like throwing it out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of like um, like Randy in the first one. Randy was always like, it could have been this. It could be this. It could be this. It could be this. Yeah, um, they do a great moment where Randy says that he thinks Mickey's a suspect, but also if Mickey's a suspect, then I'm a may, suspect. So, so we're not going to go that. And then they yeah. kind of, and then Dewey and him have a back and forth of, of like, well, if, if, if that makes, if I'm a suspect, then you're a suspect. And he's like, yeah. okay, let's not, let's not worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> they just choose to trust each other. In that scene, he calls him Mickey, the freaky Tarantino, Tarantino film, film student. student. <laughs> Which is one of the lines that I quote the most from this movie. He, he also, he also says something else in that, that I really liked and I can't remember it. Uh, well, Mickey. he throws out all the suspects. He yeah. says, uh, he says it could be Derek, like, hello, Billy Loomis. Yeah. But it's too tired. Everyone's everyone's just seen it. You know, it's got to be something new, groundbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Hallie, which uh, uh, serial killers are typically white, white male. males. That's mm-hmm. why it's perfect. It's not against. It's like kind of against the rules, but not really. 
But then he calls out, uh, hello, Mrs. Voorhees, anyone? She was a perfect the serial mother. killer. Yep. The mother. So there you go. A nod to Billy Loomis's mom, who it ends up being. Love it. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. Um, then what happened? What out? Like, it's all mixed around with me. <laughs> so the next thing I have. He does the rules. Are we going to oh, yeah. jump over the rules of a sequel? Oh, yeah. Go for it. Yeah. So the body count is always higher. It's bi- it's bigger and bloodier. It's has to be, you know. Death scenes are more elaborate. Yep, yep. And are then they, 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 there's one more they, clue, but they don't go into it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they are more elaborate. Yeah, I thought about that yesterday, too, watching it, because he says, like, the death scenes are always more gory, more carnage, all that. But I would say nothing in this is as gory as Casey Becker. Yeah. She That's what a, I was thinking, too. Hers guts, and the boyfriend. Guts, yeah. guts pulled out. Yeah, yeah. That's the most gory. There's one kill in, of all of the things, I would say there's one in Scream 4 that rivals. I, it could be gorier. I'm not sure. But... Otherwise, I don't think there's anything in this one or in three that's as gory as the first one. I don't think it's as gory, but I do think there's like there are more set pieces. So the deaths are more elaborate in that way. Like there's a literal stage. There's a movie theater. There's, um, you know, the the crucifix on the stage. Like there's just more. It's just more elaborate. Like the car sequence. The sound booth room. Yeah. yeah. Which, yeah. like, the right. maze of that is so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And also, you don't hear anything <laughs> and everything like that. That's really cool. Amazing. <laughs> so they do have, like, all of, you know, it, it's more involved, the, the set, really, the set pieces. Oh, totally. Yeah. And yeah. the way they yeah. factor into the death. Is yeah. the body count higher in this? It has to be. I mean, who died in Scream? Casey, her boyfriend. Casey, her boyfriend. Winkler. 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 Uh, Tatum. Tatum. The cameraman. Cameraman. That's six. And then Billy. Do you count the Billy? The two killers. And... Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean, I guess if, it's a, yeah, if you're going you movie them. rules. I think you count them. That's seven. You, you don't count I wouldn't Maureen. count Maureen. Yeah. I wouldn't. No. So then so in, 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 in this one, you've got, so, you know, the two, two at pi- the top. Two, two at the top. You've Cece. got Cece. Um, Randy. Randy. Oh, yeah. We, we haven't, we haven't, we haven't uh, covered that yet. Uh, Randy, you've got... I don't the two know. killers. It the feels like killers. there's less. So oh, same. Hallie and the two cops. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah. Derek. Oh, fucking Derek. So, yeah, higher, 10. Yeah, all right, cool. Yeah. So they crossed that off. They succeeded. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, speaking of the cameraman, a moment that I love is when uh, they're talking about who died, right? It's a... Uh, it's Gail and Dewey and Randy, and they're, like, thinking about who would be next if it's a copycat killer. Gail goes, Tatum, my cameraman. She doesn't even name him. <laughs> He's dead. And she just refers to him as her cameraman. I think and they do that because the audience won't know. I think so, too, but still. I mean, I, <laughs> you could do you could say his name, and then if they look confused, she's like, my cameraman? Yeah. But it's also but like instead, a great she cue. just quickly is like my cameraman, and then Joel's like, "I'll be back when you guys are talking about something a little more Saved by the Bellish." Yeah, it's a great cue for Joel. I yeah. think I think because uh, in in the first one, I think she had a better relationship with the first cameraman. Kenny. She was still very yeah. barky at him. She yeah, was she like, was she was, but that you could tell like he had kind of a a more of a professional relationship. Like he, they'd work together for a lot more. Like he, she was barky, but he would he would kind of like. You know, yeah, I mean, maybe he respected back. her, but I don't get that it's mutual when she refers to him as her cameraman, even in death. <laughs> like, that, get your fat tub, lo- tubby yeah. lard ass. Tub of lard ass, <laughs> yeah. And then I do, I remember that line. That one really stuck with me to talk about something a little more say by the bellish. But I did wonder, because of the rules of Scream, 
when he says, I'll be back when you guys are talking about something a little more say by the bellish. I was like, don't say I'll be back. You won't yeah. come back. Or but is he, he the killer? Yeah, yeah. Right. Both things cross my mind. Because then like, he's gone for like the rest of the movie. Because uh, at some point he quits. Of it. Yeah. yeah, and then he comes back at the end. But he's also like kind of thrown out there a little bit. Because in that beginning of the scene, he's like sharpening a knife or something. So it's like he's oh, thrown wow. in there like maybe he could be a suspect. Right, he takes off and very shortly after Randy gets killed. In his van. Yeah, so. Let's talk about Randy. I think it's Billy Loomis's mother. Yeah, she says so. She says she got a, don't talk about my son. I got a little, the last person to talk about my son was Randy and I got a little knife happy. Yeah. I mean, she's pretty damn strong because she, she pulls him into that, yeah. that van. It's a pretty, mother's love. <laughs> yeah. Pretty, pretty brutally. Yeah, yeah instead of lifting trap, the van. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, not lifting a truck off of her son, lifting, lifting a man into a truck yeah. yes. to avenge her son. Yeah. Well, so they, the killer calls. And there are three of them are there, and it's like something about how they all look pretty cozy or whatever. So the killer says something. But it's that a you great setup because you think that they're safe because they're in broad daylight and they're together. Yeah. So you don't, you know, when you're first watching this, it's like maybe this is one of those filler scenes where no one's gonna die. Yeah. Right. But then Gail and Dewey take off together, and I'm like, oh no, you guys left Randy alone. And then, and then Randy it. like doesn't stay where he's supposed to stay; he wanders yeah. also. But yeah. my yeah. favorite part of that scene is like uh, Gail and Dewey are attacking people on cell phones and grabbing the phone and being like, mm-hmm. "Who is this?" And Gail attacks. <laughs> She's like, "Who is this?" And someone goes, "Who is this?" And she goes. Gail Weathers, author of the Woodsboro Murders. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to always be promoting, man. AVP, always be promoting. Yeah. I also love the killer says, uh, have you ever felt a knife scrape through human flesh and scrape the bone beneath? And that stayed with me forever. Yeah, yeah. I, I always remember Randy's, fuck <laughs> Me you. too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> me too. I Actually, that moment was so potent for me because for years and years, Gabby, the one that cried at the end of Scream, Gabby and I would say that to each other just like that. And it wasn't until watching it now that I was like, oh, that's where this came from. Like, I didn't, we've said it for so many years. I didn't even remember where it started. I love his delivery. Doesn't Billy Loomis' uh, mother uh, make reference to that he's in love with um, yeah. Sydney? Yeah, you're never going to get you're the girl. You're never going to get the girl, mm-hmm. yeah. And mm-hmm. there, also, there also was a little bit of that in the beginning when um, Derek rocks up to say hello to Sydney and they kiss and you could see Randy's a little bit like, get a room. Oh, yeah, he's obsessed with her. Yeah. And yeah. I, lo- I think Randy's monologue is so good, like where he's skewering Billy and the killer and like yeah. you're a loser just like he was, is so good that even though he gets killed – I think Randy wins that round. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I also He's love the this is this is what 97 and the part that stuck with me from the trailer is when he's like you want to hang with the big boys Manson Bundy OJ Okay, it like just happened. Right, right. I mean that that's that's also uh like goes into Mickey's thing. He says it's all about the trial. It's not about the murders, it's all about the trial these days. Mm-hmm. So and he all- brings up Dershowitz. Yeah. And so yeah. to go along with the whole OJ thing. Yeah, um, totally. So yeah, so Randy gets uh, sliced and I know, diced. poor Randy. It's I one know. of the saddest ones. It really is. For the it, franchise as a whole. It does count, I think, like we figured out that there are more deaths in this one, but I think even with fewer deaths, like this one counts more because this is well, yeah, a regular. It's also yeah. from, it's from the original. 
Yeah. So, like, He's like a survivor of the crew. Like a Randy death is worth like three. Just like when you think I didn't remember, I was like, fuck, they killed David Arquette in this movie. And thankfully he survives. But when I thought they <laughs> killed him, that's also like a three person death. Dewey is yeah. lucky as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Dewey yeah. is so lucky. He's just it's constantly. True. Dewey also stuff. lives in a world where once someone stabs him, no one checks on him. <laughs> Yeah, true. Like people are always like, "Yeah, he's dead." Yeah, they just move true. on. And, 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 and then he appears like on a he appears on a like with the ambulance. He's like, "Are you yeah. okay?" He's like, yeah. "And he's alive." He's like, "I'm uh. not fucking okay." I'm are you okay? Stretcher. Sorry, I left you for dead earlier. Yeah, I abandoned you. I thought you were gone. Oh my god, that's hilarious. So Dewey's dead. Um, oh, Randy's dead. Randy's oh, dead. dead. Yeah, Randy's dead. I and remember Gabby being devastated. She, she I lost Sarah Michelle Gellar. Um, she lost Jamie Kennedy. We we all had to suffer for screen. It's two. a rough movie. Yeah. Cotton Weary gets her in the library. Yes, yeah. that's true. So Cotton Weary has this whole angle. You know, he's barely in the first one, just to, like a glimpse of him. But in this one, he's out. He wants uh, fame and money and exoneration it and makes all sense that. He and, and Gail are friends. Yeah. <laughs> and so he approaches Sydney several times, very threateningly, but he mm-hmm. wants her to do an interview with Diane Sawyer. Yeah. yeah. Fucking Diane Sawyer. <laughs> I mean, he's got a point. Yeah. <laughs> there is that moment. So somebody's messaging her on the computer and she sort of doesn't know what's happening, but it seems like the killer's there and her two bodyguards jump in. And as they're scanning the library, they're like, wait right here. And she's off to the side and no one's watching her. They're in like an open hallway. Yeah. Like, this is not safe. You guys are doing a bad job. They do point that out on the commentary where they're making fun of it. And they're like, those guys aren't getting promotions. <laughs> but like- one of the guys, one of the cops there, so they're stuntmen. They just hired oh, stuntmen to be the actors because cool. they knew yeah. they weren't going to have to say a lot. And then they would have that big stunt. But one of them was Billy's stunt man in the first movie who fell down the stairs for Billy. The stunt double? Yes. Was, oh, that, cool. the, was that the one that uh, we think that one's gay? I like how they made him, they like dressed him up really nice. The, the, yeah. other, <laughs> the other bodyguard, he's got like a vest on and everything. And he's just like really nice hair. Well, and, and Randy <laughs> also implies that Billy was gay. Because yeah. he calls him a homo-repressed mama's boy. Yeah, that's oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like, Dan, to your point of the way that one of the, they inf- – the way that they suggest that one of these bodyguards is gay is because uh, Hallie, who for whatever reason is too good to dance with Mickey, Timothy Oliphant, <laughs> who's a fucking babe, but she's interested in these, like, bodyguards in their 40s and 50s and asks about them. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I think that one's gay. She, she likes the she likes the silver fox. She likes the yeah. ol, the older gent. I can't blame her, but you know they're not mutually exclusive. You can like a silver fox and Timothy Oliphant. That is true. Well, <laughs> Timothy Oliphant is now a silver fox. True. So, Best yes. of both worlds. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then fucking John Spencer Blues explosion with right place wrong time. Another killer track. I was in the right place. But it must have been the wrong time. Yes, when Derek gets kidnapped by his frat brothers because mm-hmm. you're not supposed to give your letters away. No, no, That's no. Right. No, no, no. And then... And uh, as soon as he's strung up on that thing, thankfully it was not as bad as I thought, but as soon as I see that, I'm like, this is going to go badly. I was like, is he going to... Next time we see him, he's just like torn apart on that cross and thankfully, no. But yeah. it's not great. It's not a great result for him. But no. it's not as brutal as I thought it would be. Does anybody die... From the point he's tied up to when he's revealed again. Yes. The cops and Hallie. All right, cool. Because we have the whole cop car scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was terrifying the first time I saw it. It's so scary. 
Okay, let's give a little context for that. Okay, so first of all, uh, so after all of that stuff with Cotton Weary and Randy being killed, they're going to take Sydney away to protective custody, and Hallie decides she's going to go with uh, Sydney. Yeah. And there's like a, a awkward moment with Derek because she wants space and he's like, I'll be here waiting or whatever. And it seems kind of creepy. <laughs> or sweet, when, depending when on how you all, look at it. When this is all over, I'll still be here or something. <laughs> I thought it was sweet. But it, yeah, it depends on whether you think he's a killer or not. Yeah, he, yeah, Jerry yeah. O'Connell does a good job at playing that either way. Yeah, he does. I agree. Meanwhile, Dewey and Gail are going to go look at the tapes because they're like, if this killer wants to be a part of this, he's got to be on all the scenes, like all our crime mm-hmm. footage. Mm. So they're going to look at the cameraman's tapes and then they start making out and then on the TV behind them... And there's a them, shift where, before they start making out because it seems like Gail Weathers is always out for herself and I think there's a turning point because Randy gets killed. Now it's personal and now she wants to find this son of a bitch and then that endears her to uh, to Dewey who's like... Totally. Yeah, he's like, okay, she is. there is a person in there. And so, yeah, they're they're trying to solve and this And then together. instead of their footage, on another TV pops up the footage of Maureen um, and Omar Epps. I can't remember what his name was in it. Oh, yeah, Phil yeah. Stevens or something. Mm-hmm. And then you see footage of Casey and then you see footage of Randy. We never see him holding a camera for any of those. You mean you never see Ghostface in the back holding a camera? <laughs> yeah, that's right. But I guess it's not the moment of the kill, so that makes sense. Right, yeah. because the one of um, Jada Pickett-Smith and him, they're outside in line. line. Yeah, that's true. And then they get attacked. I wonder if if you go rewatch it, because it, it pans down. Like, doesn't it, like, pans down? I wonder if you, you'll see oh. some of the camera. I mean, I don't know. I, I, um, it's an interesting point, because there are so many people wearing the Ghostface Killer mask anyway that, like, you wouldn't think it was that weird if somebody was holding a camcorder filming the premiere. Like, yeah. it would be smart. It'd be a nice little touch if uh, they did do that. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't think they did, but it would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've seen it a thousand times. I did not see that. <laughs> I don't know if they were – I mean, considering how many reshoots they had to do, I don't know if they were that prepared. Yeah. <laughs> true. And also, you probably would have heard them call it out on the commentary, Jess. Yeah. Oh, that's true. But it true. is a good idea. It's a, What it's they smart. did call out, though, is how it opens – the movie opens at a theater and it closes at a theater. It's just a different kind of theater. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Yes. Um, but so that's intercut with the cop car where Hallie and Sydney and the cops are fleeing to somewhere until to they get attacked. Hallie asks where they're going and he's like, I would tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> yeah, there's like a couple seconds where you think maybe the cops are the killers. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like unsettling. Yeah, it is a little unsettling. They're good at making you second guess constantly who it yeah. might be. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then a great jump scare when it's Ghostface gets the cops. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remind us walk us through where he comes from how that he gets the driver first they're stopped i believe at a light but there's like no Mm -hmm. other car like the town is deserted yeah is is it it's it's a college town yeah i I would assume so and there's like and i think there's a curfew yeah exactly so it is empty but so they're stopped and the killer comes through the open window and (laughs) yeah gets the first guy and then the Mm -hmm. second guy jumps out to try to get him and then get he gets him and then one of the cops jumps on the car as Ghostface gets as he's in. he's dying, yeah. And Wait, he's can we just say yeah. for a moment before that, so the first moment he kills the driver, then the second bodyguard in the passenger seat goes down way too easily. Like, this is your job. Your partner just got murdered. React appropriately. But he's very slow. So again, yeah, yeah not getting promotions anytime soon. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> They're well, dead now. Dead. Yeah. They're There's dead also now. a moment where he gets up and he's threatening Ghostface Killer. He's like, stop, and points the gun. 
But all he has in that moment is the element of surprise. So the moment he's like, stop, and the killer's at the wheel, all he has to do is press the gas pedal and run you over. Like, don't warn him. Just fucking shoot him. I know. Uh-huh. And he runs into the cop. The cop is on the windshield, and he's going to try to shoot Ghostface, but Ghostface crashes yeah. and yeah. kills the cop. Yeah. Very reminiscent of I Know We Did Last Summer. Because but- now they're stuck in the back seat. They can't yeah. get out of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like that, you know, Kevin Williamson wrote both, and they're both very different. So, like, and I Know yeah. What You Did Last Summer, she breaks through the glass. And in this yeah. one, they have to get the metal wiring down and sneak out and then sneak out over. So tense. The driver who's wearing a mask, so you can't tell if he's, like, actually awake. Yeah. Yeah. It's so well done. It's really scary. And I think the second cop's death is maybe the goriest. It's, like, the most brutal death probably in this movie. Mm -hmm. Also, if I'm Sidney Prescott, like, I'm not super pro-guns, but, like, I'm carrying a weapon. Like, why doesn't she have a knife or something on her? Wait till the third one. All right. But as she's climbing over Ghostface (laughs) Killer to get out of the cop car... Just, like, give him a, a few quick stabs, you know? I mean, she, I mean, she uses a, a gun every time to kill them. Yeah, their gun. <laughs> she always yeah. gets their gun. Yeah, she gets their gun, yeah. Well, she wants to take the mask off, but then she falls onto the horn. Oh, so it's like there's a couple parts, because then once they're both out of the car, she wants to go back and see, because she's so tired of this, like, not knowing who it is. Which I'm also grateful they do. I'm like, take off his fucking mask. And also, it's like... like they do it so slowly, like, uh, I don't want to wake up. I just want to go, uh, and just yeah. run. Like, just done yeah. it, looked, run. Like, yeah. I would not be kind of like, oh, I don't want to wake him, I don't want to wake him, I don't want to <laughs> pull it yeah. away. Yeah. I think I also, if I were, uh, if I'm Hallie, once Sydney gets out, I would probably hide on the floor of the backseat, just like, so he would assume that they both got out and be like, you go get the cops. I'm just yeah. staying in this backseat. I'm not climbing out. I'll just hide. It's so scary that they have to go over Ghostface. Yeah, it's such a great bit of storytelling. Ugh, it's so good. And then, meanwhile, you've got um, Gail and Dewey, where Dewey gets stabbed. It's very I, that whole thing is so great because the maze is really scary. Of like, and they keep going further into the soundproof room where I I get so disoriented. I don't know where she is, and like, is she at the door? When Dewey comes in, I'm like, I don't know where he is now. Yeah. And then his death is. In the on the other side of the glass, so she doesn't yeah. hear it. Yeah, I, I love how they do that. Like, I love how you don't hear anything. I think that's that's awesome. Um, so scary. I was so certain he is dead too. He gets stabbed a lot. Well, and Cotton blood. finds him. Cotton then finds him and is covered in blood. And he says, "I found Dewey." And you assume that means he's dead because you didn't. Right. You're not calling for help. Yeah. Right. Which they do to make it seem like maybe Cotton's the killer. He was pretty creepy just recently with Sydney, and then he shows up just in time. What does he say? Why is he there? He wants an interview. Explain? He wants an interview. Yeah, he wants an interview with, with her. But then yeah. when he finds Dewey, I don't know why he was on campus at night. Yeah, yeah he doesn't give us a reason. Because maybe he sense. was the killer. Exactly. <laughs> and then, but, but if he wasn't the killer, what the hell is he doing there? Just stalking yeah. around like, <laughs> like the creep he is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I didn't remember him being such a creep in the sequel. Oh, yeah. he's He just wants the uh, fame and money. So yeah. Welcome to L.A. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, after you've been, like, you know, arrested and, and like, tried as, like, a, a killer. Yeah. For a prob- crime you didn't commit. A crime you didn't commit. You know, you probably want to, you know. Clear get your a, name. Get, get a little bit of retribution. Yeah, that's, that seems fair. <laughs> he's just a little nasty about Aggressive. it. Aggressive. Intense mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I mean, I'd probably hold a bit of a 
bit of a grudge. Yeah, I probably would too. <laughs> and then Gail runs out into the arms of Debbie Salt and is like, it's Cotton. Cotton Weary's the killer. I love Cotton that line. Cotton Weary. Yeah. yeah. I've got your goddamn story. <laughs> Cotton. And she's like, Cotton Weary. <laughs> Especially because Gail's always been the Cotton defender. Oh, yes. yeah. Can you imagine how bad she would felt? I oh. felt if it was actually Cotton. That would be awful. Although it would be clear that it's cotton this round. And it yeah. wasn't cotton. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. But she just but wrote still. a new book. She just wrote a new book. Yeah. Ha- the making of a serial killer. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> like by punishing an innocent man, we've turned him into a monster. By Gail Weathers, author of yeah. The Woodsboro Murders. <laughs> <laughs> and Sydney goes to the theater because the killer. So when she's like leaving the cop car scene, the killer doesn't follow her. He takes off in the other direction. Because he yeah. knows that uh, she's in this play and they're running the play later, whatever. So he goes and turns on the all the stuff at the theater so that well, she's not attracted yet. First, to that building. First, it's weird because we we get um, uh, Hallie gets out of the car, and when she and Sydney are talking, the car is behind them. So it seems like you could see it if Ghostface Killer escaped. But we don't see it. And then Sydney is like, I have to go back. I have to unmask them. And she goes back to the car. And now he's gone. Mm-hmm. And then she turns around and oh, he shit. kills her best friend. You would hear yeah. it, I think, as well. <laughs> like- yeah. It's a little too clean in that moment that he gets out without <laughs> anybody noticing. But, but I mean, killers are superhuman. So <laughs> It would make more sense if it was a different, if it was the two of them. But it's right. not. It's yeah. the same person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he doesn't follow her because he goes and turns on the theater. Yeah. How does he know that she's going to the theater? Well, he doesn't know that's where she's going. He goes there to draw her to the theater because he knows that she's going to run back to campus and look for help. Mm. So with the curfew and, like, everything being closed, he turns on the theater because she's running the play. The play is, like, like tomorrow or something at this point. And so we already know that she's close with the theater teacher. I mean, right. that's my logic for it, is that he's he's going to prey on that. Yeah, yeah. I thought he watched her and then turns it on. Like, once she gets in there, he's following. No, she specifically goes there because she hears and sees the lights. Oh, okay. So, yeah, yeah, I get you. Like, draws. Is it possible the lights are still just on from when they No, because the cut there? right before is you see, the, you see someone turn it all on, and then she's running to campus, and she sees it, and she runs to that building. So it's like a moth I to see. a flame. Right. He's yeah, trying to attract her to go where he wants her to go. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. And that's when Because that's where Derek well, is. Yeah. That's where all the so, bells and whistles kind of happen and yeah. all, all that sort of stuff. And then, boom, Derek, uh, <laughs> crucified, comes down, who's still drunk, probably. From, from, oh, passed yeah. out. Yeah. 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 I mean, when there's like a psychotic killer on the loose who's trying to recreate a, a massacre and this guy's girlfriend is at the center of it like maybe don't leave him tied up to this crucifix you don't Just give away idea. your letters girl you don't give away your letters <laughs> this movie's not pro fraternity brothers no, <laughs> no. even though derek's a sweetheart i yes. know poor derek he just doesn't yeah. get a he doesn't get any faith in the end he doesn't deserve he doesn't because deserve this end. mickey comes out and blames derek and she believes it, even though derek is Clearly, I mean, this is where my logic, I, you can say like she's traumatized and it's the heat of the moment and all that stuff, but him being like, um, he's tied up and he's like, untie me, untie me. And Mickey's like, it's fine. The jig's over whatever. Doesn't quite add up of like him being in on it. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. And, like, when you look at Jerry O'Connell and, you know, like, Tim Oliphant, you, you're going to, you're not, you're not, Tim, no, he looks like a serial killer. <laughs> he looks like a serial killer. He's got the eyebrows, you know, he's got that look. Yeah. Um, did he do Go before this? Was Go before this? I want to say it was the same time. <laughs> like, I have it somewhere on my shelf. When did Go come out? Oh, go, 1999. So it's after. So they're in the theater. Mickey's trying to convince that uh, Sydney that it's Derek. I see your point, Jessica, but I I feel for her in this situation because it is just this frenetic thing. Oh, totally. It's already been the boyfriend. Totally. Like, I'm just saying, like, as someone who's seen it a thousand times, that that part is always weird because it's like, why would the killer be so insistent that you not untie the other killer that's his partner? Right, right. However, well, like you said, she she doesn't believe him. I think she doesn't know. I don't think she like decidedly doesn't believe him. She's just so torn. And in not making a decision quickly enough, she basically dooms him to death. Which yeah. we saw her do in the first screen where she says to Stu and Randy, fuck you both. Yeah. Yeah, right. I, wa- I wonder if there was some imagery of uh, the guy on the, uh, I think it's Zeus or something like that, who's on the crucifix or something originally. I think uh, that character is the one that, or Apollo might, is the one that like dooms Cassandra to um, uh, like to be a, a prophecy or something like that. That's the evil one. Um, so maybe, I don't know if there's any reference to that, like with him being tied up and then like, uh, Mickey coming along and remember in the play, the masked people, she suspects one of them being the killer. So now in the theater, one of them is the killer and she suspects the wrong one. So I don't know, like, it might be like a continuation of the actual play that she was doing. Interesting. Does that make any sense or am I just looking way too into this? (laughs) I think it makes sense. (laughs) She's just suspicious of everyone around her like she was in the in the play. Yeah, no, totally. And then we get one of my favorite lines. I mean, the, the end of this movie is so great. There's so many good lines. But I love after he kills Derek, he says, like, how great Derek is. And he's like, that's like the kind of guy you'd want to take home to your mom if oh. you had a mom. Oh, if brutal. you had a mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a code, you know, like we talked about this with Science of the Lambs that like oftentimes serial killers will have some sort of code where they don't kill the people that they care about or they're friends with but it seems like Mickey and Derek are actually good friends but that's not enough to save Mickey. No. I mean Derek. save Derek. Yeah. But also you have to remember that Derek or Mickey now I'm doing <laughs> it that Mickey was sent here to get Sydney. So he came here not wanting this is like a Bachelor contestant he doesn't want to make friends. <laughs> like he's here for the right reasons or whatever. Like he, yeah. you know, like he made friends with Derek only because of Sydney. Right. Yeah. No, that's yeah, true. Yeah, it was all to get to her maybe. Yeah, so I don't think he gives a shit about Derek. He's a psychopath. He's a psychopath. Yes. yes. <laughs> My last few notes are only about the final songs. So I'll let you guys <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have to say the other line that I love so much is when uh, he does. Okay, so Mickey spouts the whole thing about his motive. It's all about the trial. You got to blame the media, which mm-hmm. that line to me is so um, reminiscent of Stu because he's like, it's all about the trial. And in the other one, Stu's like, it's all about the sequels. Yeah. You got to have a sequel. Um, but so in response to all that, she goes, um, you're forgetting one thing about Billy Loomis. I fucking killed him. I fucking killed him. Yeah. And she uses Derek's necklace to wound him so that she can try to get away. But that line is the best. I mean, it's got to be like the best Sydney line in all the movies. 
At her delivery. Fucking killed him. Oh. Yeah. Fucking killed him. And then Love we bring it. in. So good. She's a fighter. That is yeah. true. Like like the theater teacher says to her. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, I don't believe you. And she says it a few times. I'm a fighter. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fighter. You fucking are, Nev uh, Campbell. And I, and I don't have an understudy, so please do this. <laughs> <laughs> he's so sweet. I like it. The big partner reveal and Gail walks out first. Which mm-hmm. I love that it's a it's a good like moment for the audience. Yes. Yep. Where you think it might actually be Gail. Because he says, oh. like, I had to have a partner, and then Gail comes out and you're like, What yep. the fuck? But, but she she's at gunpoint. Gun <laughs> yep. And then Mrs. Loomis. Yeah. Gail puts it together. And then it's Billy's mother. Didn't see that coming, did you? Yeah, this is when Tim gets to just have fun and be a killer. Yeah, oh, this is like his it. Matthew Lillard moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he gets it. She kills mm-hmm. him. That's mm-hmm. right. Because that, that whole trial thing wasn't really going to work. Yeah. yeah. No, it's and it's, so, it's patterned so much like the original Scream, where Matthew Lillard has his whole thing about wanting to blame the movies or whatever. Yeah. And Skeet Ulrich is like, no, how about my motive is just revenge because your father or your mother was fucking my father. Yeah. And that's the same thing hers is. It's just good old-fashioned revenge. You you killed my son. It runs in the family. Yeah, the, the, there's definitely a few little uh, things missing in the old uh, gray meta you know, <laughs> for them to kind of do that. Yeah. And she says, yeah, you did a great job. You did a real bang-up <laughs> job on Billy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fair. I love – Sydney is so great in these final – this whole final showdown, especially when you see, like, in the history of these final girls with, like, Laurie Strode or um, Nancy and Nightmare on Elm, Elm Street, like – Sydney is a fighter. She's so different from all the other final girls. She's not backing down. She stands up to them. She's smarter than them. Yeah. She also, I think, at this point, in the best way, has a little bit of a sequel attitude in that it's like, all right, I cheated death once. So there's less fear and more just being like, I'm fed up with this. You know, like well, it, she she's con- wisecracking. She yeah. She, con- she confronts it. She finally like accepts what she is accepts her fate, accepts her Cassandra, and then just kind of just goes for it. And you can tell her, like, she was already grown up a little more in the beginning where she was like, eh, you know, these idiots will just keep calling me and all that sort of stuff and da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. She also, I think, is um, kind of like the moment where she wants to pull off the mask. It's like she, it's probably at this point just a relief to know who it is. That mystery chapter at least is over. Yeah. So even though her yeah. life is still in danger, there's still a relief. We talked comes. about this for I know we did last summer where the guy in the fisherman costume is so scary. And then when he takes the fisherman costume off and it's just a guy, it's a lot less scary. And now it's someone right. that you can actually kill. And I think that's what happens to her. Yeah. yeah. The masks come off and it's just these two dipshits. Yeah. yeah. Right. Ghostface killer is unkillable, but whoever's underneath the mask can die. Totally. Have, you, have you either of you seen 8mm? Yes, no. I loved that movie as growing up, but I haven't seen it in years. It's it's one of my favorite films. It's it's um Jess. I remember that was Nick- the first time I saw Joaquin Phoenix in anything. Yeah, like, he's, he's Nicholas Cage, he's awesome. right? Yeah, Nick Cage. Um, and so like at the end of that, um, I mean, I don't know, I, I don't know if I should spoil this because Jess, I'd love for you to watch it because that'd be another one that I'd like to talk about. That one's dark. That one's a dark. Yeah, kind of- I would do that one too, and nobody's yes. brought it up. Yeah, so- I haven't seen it in years. I don't know. Is there a way to say what you were going to say without spoiling it? Um, there's just a, so there's a person at the end of it that is revealed and has the kind of just 
conversation of like, this is just who I am. You know, yeah. I like, I'm just a normal person. You know, mummy didn't beat me. Daddy didn't rape me. I just do it because I like it. And yeah. it's just, it's just infinitely more creepy that you kind of like, you can't wrap your head around the fact that there's just normal people who just, oh, I just like doing this. This is all I do. Yeah. You want it to be somebody with some trauma. Yeah. I'm not some demon from, you know, another world or anything, but yeah, you should totally watch it. Eight millimeter. It's a dark film. Dark okay. film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I want an excuse to rewatch it. It's been yeah, so absolutely. <laughs> so we've we got two more we got to do. Copycat, eight millimeter. My God. All the screams. Yeah, the, so we have four more. We've, we've got a lot of stuff to do, guys. <laughs> You're going to become our most frequent guest. It's going to be you versus Amir, head to head. We'll see who wins. You're going down. You're going down. <laughs> okay, we're almost done with this movie. So she fights Mrs. Loomis because uh, Sydney is a badass. Yeah. And she thinks that she's got Mrs. Loomis. And then they come out and they struggle. And then Cotton comes in and he picks up the gun. And yes. now it's like, who can sway Cotton? And Mrs. Loomis makes some very good points about how if if you let me kill Sydney, you'll be the star. Like, everyone will have to talk to you because you'll be the only survivor, which is a very good point. Uh, but then... But you think, <laughs> like, she'll probably kill... Uh, you don't know if she would kill Cotton. Oh, I'm sure she would have. But yeah. <laughs> it, it is a good argument, like, one psychopath yeah. to... Uh, who she thinks might be another. Yeah, or at least a narcissist. You know, he's pretty mad at Sydney. True. He's got a grudge. Yeah, and then he says, I bet that Diane Sawyer interview is looking pretty good. Consider it done. Here we go. There's another good line. <laughs> Con- so good. Consider it done. She's so good. <laughs> I mean, any of these moments could be cheesy, but she is fantastic. I think she might be my favorite final girl. She's so I good. I like Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver and the aliens. Mm. I've seen one of them. <gasps> Never both. <laughs> which, Five which, movies. Which, which one have you seen? I think I saw the sequel. Which is the James Cameron? That's Aliens. That's the second one. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I've, yeah, I've only seen the first one. Oh. Oh, Between you got wa- to watch the. You got. Oh, j- you Together watch- we make two films. <laughs> <laughs> you got to watch the second one, Jess. You got to watch the second one. Um, yeah. Funny well, that they don't talk about that, do they? Yeah, they do. Aliens. They do. Stay away yeah. from her, bitch. Yeah, and they get okay. the. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Never mind. Cut, <laughs> cut that. I'm dumb. <laughs> no, no, keep it in. Um. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, so he he shoots Debbie Salt, Mrs. Loomis, and then when they're going to check on her, Gail pops up. It's a great yeah. jump scare, mm-hmm. and Gail's okay. I knew it was coming. off her ribs. <laughs> what does she, she? What does she say? Gail says something kind of cool as well. Well, he's like, "Are you okay?" And she's like, "No, I've been shot." Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then they say, like, you know, or is she dead? Is she gonna come? Is she gonna come back or whatever? Because Sydney. Oh wait, like- we skipped one of the great moments that I loved. I think we didn't say oh. it unless I spaced out. Which is, is it- when she has uh, Billy's mom ha- is like about has the leg up on Sydney and is about to kill her, and then uh, S- Sydney goes, "Isn't Mickey supposed to be dead?" And so she great. psychs her oh, out. Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Also, I love when she shoots Mickey. Mickey shoots Gail. And then she goes, two birds, one stone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's good. I love I, the whole end scene. It's, the dialogue yeah. is so good. And, and then do you think she's dead? They kind of kick her a little bit. And then uh, Sydney just goes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Mickey jumps up first. Yeah, Sydney says, like, I don't know. They always come back. And then Mickey jumps up and they go crazy. Spray him with bullets. Yeah. And then she shoots Debbie Salt and they look at her and she's like, just in case. Yeah, just in case. And then we get David Arquette in the stretcher being wheeled yes. out. Yeah, we got a live one here. Yeah. 
And then is that where it ends? What's our like very last? Our very last thing is that the press comes to Sydney as Cotton's walking oh, yeah. away, and she's like, "No, uh, Cotton's the one you want to talk to. He's the hero." Yeah, yeah. She gives all the glory to Cotton, and he says, "Like, and there's a place and a time and indeed a price for everything, or whatever." <laughs> and then she, as he's getting all the glory, she is walking off into anonymity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what she wanted. She said, "By collective soul," starts to play. <laughs> <laughs> and then the classic scream credits i love the picture credits yeah. which omar epps is not in yeah it's bullshit what i don't get yeah. why and then there's the, a cover like a punk cover of i think i love you which is fun and rivers by sugar ray so oh my god sugar ray i haven't yeah. heard that music i haven't heard that music i haven't heard that in a long time here's a question for you guys does the play go on <laughs> the show must go on is sydney in the play the next day I don't think so. Probably not. <laughs> I think that they probably like condemn the theater for investigations. Yeah, they'd they'd need a need a they'd need a to new location. So real quick, yeah. let's do our question. Do you want to ask it? Sure. Yeah. Who are you in this movie? Oh man. <sighs> this started with the scream episode. Did it? This question. Yeah. 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 All right. And now we do it on every episode. We do. That's what awesome. else did we do in the scream up? We said, who would we sleep with? Oh, <laughs> <Was> yeah. <that> like- <laughs> oh, we should do that here, too. Yeah. Well, I know my answer. For this one, I'm definitely, as far as who would I be in this movie, I'm Cece. I am a film student who is sober sister. I would be Derek, I think. Why? Uh, I just, I'm a bit of a... I can be like, you know, the super nice boy nerdy kind of thing. Um, but I do love films like uh, Mickey does. However, I'm not going to go around killing people. Um, <laughs> I think I'm a, I'm a combination of of anything. I, I'm, a, a bit, I'm a bit of Omar in me of like, yeah, I'll go watch a movie where <laughs> mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock gets naked. Mm-hmm. I like horror films. Bit of Derek. Yeah, I'm going to think of a combination of a bit of everything, a few characters. That's yeah. a good answer. Yeah. Who are you? I think I'm Dewey in that it's like <laughs> Gail has shown you her true colors, but you have such a crush on them that the moment you see like an ounce of humanity, you're like, yeah, that's not really her. I'm just pretending. Let me ignore all those red flags about this sociopathic yeah. narcissist who just loves herself. Let's and dive headfirst into this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I think also a little bit of Jada of like, yeah, you're going to make me see this movie I don't want. You're sure as fuck buying my popcorn at least. But then I also feel a little bit like Randy and Mickey of like the film nerd stuff. And yeah, I, yeah. I love being a part of that conversation, clearly, because I do this podcast <laughs> every week. So yeah. But now... It's important we ask who who are you sleeping with? Fuck Mary Kill? Oh. I'm uh, definitely sleeping with Mickey, the Tarantino film student. The freaky same. Tarantino film student. Freaky. Oh, same. And I'm marrying Jerry O'Connell. <laughs> and I'm killing Mickey. Fucking Mickey, killing Mickey, marrying Jerry O'Connell. Let's see. I'm probably marrying Randy. <laughs> Actually, I might marry Sydney. Fuck, this is hard. <laughs> who who would I marry? Um <laughs> I'd How be- is it not a slam dunk for Sydney? I mean, Hallie's pretty cool too. Yeah, I think I'd sleep with Hallie. <laughs> Marry. Uh, fuck, I also want to fuck Portia de Rossi and Rebecca Gayhart. I know, I would probably want to fuck uh, Gail Weathers. Oh, fuck. 
while she's like smoking a cigarette the whole time. Yeah. For me, uh, Hallie gets into the sorority and then it's, you know, Portia and, and uh, you know, Gay Hart and uh, Hallie. Uh, so it's, it's, it's. You're having it's an bit, orgy. It's a bit of a group thing. That's, yeah. that's what's up. That's, so that's who I fuck. Um, as long as they're having safe sex, I think they're fine with it. Yeah, well, we safe pra- condom we sex. practice condom sex. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I would marry. How is it not Sydney? She's so cool. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'd marry Sydney. No, I'm not uh, trying to talk you into it. I just want to know what's the hesitation. <laughs> I, no, because I, I Sydney wasn't popping in my head. And then I'd kill... I can't uh, believe, Avatar, that you didn't say anything about Sarah Michelle Geller. I, like I said, at the time, <laughs> it was her, and now it's much more Nev Campbell. <laughs> I'm all about her. I'd kill <laughs> Billy Loomis's mother. Oh, Yeah. I, th- I think be- Mickey would be kind of, if you were friends with him, I think he'd be fun to hang out with. <laughs> oh, yeah. You would just debate films all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like if he did, wasn't like a serial killer. <laughs> and he Big seems F. less annoying than Randy because the impressions that Randy does, I would, after like a few days, I'd be like, I get it. Why are you doing a random English accent? <laughs> yeah, right and now? your impression not is not, it doesn't negate my argument. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about Gail for you, Dan? If you have to muck, fa- muck fairy or kill. <laughs> muck fairy or Phil. Um, <laughs> She's probably great in bed. Yeah, she'd be yeah. she'd be kind of like into that, like, just go for it. You know, yeah. all that kind yeah. of thing. Cause I kind Leave of think, it all on the field. Because I kind of think maybe the um, the sorority girls might be a little bit vanilla. <laughs> you know who I bet is great in bed, actually, is Mrs. Loomis. Do you think she slept with Mickey? Ooh. I, I don't know. I don't, it doesn't feel like it, but I would love that for her. Me too. <laughs> Go, like. girl. You get it. You get it, girl. Go that college student. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a little Oedipus. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Reverse Oedipus. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. No, thank you. This was a blast. We have four more in the in the wings now. Oh, that, that's a lot of talk. That's a lot of talk. <laughs> no, it was, uh, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy these things. Aww. Do you want to plug anything? I've got a graphic novel that I've uh, in the process of creating with a couple of friends back in Australia. Awesome. Um, called Fractured Shards, and we're announcing it today, the day of us filming the podcast. So we're oh, doing great. a we're doing a, a Kickstarter um, launch for that. So um, uh, obviously you can visit my page at the Damn Furigal, which is my Instagram page, and that'll have all the details and stuff like that on it. Uh, and we'll tag so you so people will know how to spell your last name. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much. Um, so I've got that. I mean, I've got a side business that I'm doing, but I haven't launched or done anything kind of massive with that yet. But uh, I'd say the graphic novel is the thing that will be going ahead uh, that I know of right now of the day of filming. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And good luck for the things that you don't want to say yet. Hope they pan out in a way that makes you happy. Thank you very much. Yeah. There's about three or four different things that uh, I'm, I'm waiting to find out. So, yeah. Cool. What about what about you guys? You got anything to plug or <laughs> uh, check out He's Right Behind You podcast <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram and uh, rate review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and wear a mask, uh, vote for not Donald Trump. <laughs> register to vote, wear a mask, uh, buy stamps, mail stuff, be nice to everybody. <laughs> what watch watch horror films. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, listen, and keep messaging to the us and leaving nice reviews because they're great. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And we're excited to have you back. I can't wait for Scream 3 and 4 now. Mostly 4. I cannot but wait we'll get... for 4. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm like, if 2 is good, so if 4 is your second favorite, 
I don't know how I've never seen it. I'll have to watch uh, three and four and focus on it because I watched two yesterday, but I, I was like in and out and kind of did some stuff and it was like, oh, fine. And then I was like, oh man, there's so many things I've missed. because I haven't You seen did it pretty so good. Long. You well, remembered. Yeah. Thank well, you. and thank spring three will be a much shorter episode than this. Because we yes. won't have much to say. <laughs> I'm not it, as passionate about spring three. It's fun for me, not that this should be in the episode, just saying it to you guys. I'm really excited because I've never seen either and I just dismissed them both. So oh. it sounds like three's not great. But I just never bothered seeing it because I didn't think it was good. And I didn't I bother seeing four because I didn't know like, it was good. As a Wes Craven, Kevin Williamson, Nev Campbell fan, I can't believe you didn't see four. Well, because when I heard three was bad, I didn't want to like poison my experience of Scream with bad ones. I didn't realize four was good. I love the beginning so of I love the beginning of four. Oh, the, the beginning I, of four is yeah, the yeah, best. Yeah, yeah like all, like. <laughs> It's so exciting not knowing anything. Like in this one, I wasn't totally sure. I was like, I feel like Timothy Olyphant's the killer. I think I remember that. But with four, I know zero. So that's going to be really fun. I do want to lower your expectations then because I don't want you to think (laughs) four is so great that there's no way it can be as good as you think it is. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like, I love it. You've heard how much I love it. When you watch it, forget that so that you're not judging it based on that because I love it and I don't want you to hate it. (laughs) Okay, okay. I don't think I'll hate it because if it's better than Scream 2. Dan, do you agree that it's better than Scream 2? Or are you like two seconds? You know what? I have to to rewatch it. You don't remember? Okay. Uh, Like I do do remember when I watched Scream 4, I was kind of like I I, – because I'd seen all of the other ones, I was like I knew in a way – what was coming and you know like oh they revealed this and they've done this i'm kind of like it right. no, it nothing's blown me away like the first one. Oh yeah, yeah. the first one's amazing like th- you have to is, take that out of the equation when you're I, comparing the other yeah, three no absolutely and there is just something to that like watching the first one and be like oh wow to then when everybody does sequels and then all these other different versions and stuff like that where you kind of go okay this is generally how it's going to go yeah, like Scream was so groundbreaking. It's hard. I mean, you just can't compare or yeah, compete. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's, I mean, normally I think with something like this that's a franchise, it's hard to compare what comes after with the original. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's unless it's Godfather 2 or Aliens or Terminator 2 or... Yeah. <laughs> or one or of the what rare... is it, Star Wars, whatever Star they say. Star Wars, Empire Strikes Back. So that's <laughs> where I feel like Scream 2 is a good comparison because it's really fun. It's not. It's not the genius that Scream is, but it's still... Really fun. So if you like four better than two, I'm. Hopeful. I know. I'm excited to see what you guys think of four compared to two. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I th- I, th- I think maybe like two just didn't get the. It, it maybe it wasn't what it was meant to be because of the leak. Like you never know. It could have been. Oh fuck! <laughs> Shit! I have to go. We didn't even talk about it. I was so excited okay, about okay, it. Okay. 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 Real quick. So here's what I found out. Originally. <laughs> There was a one draft where Cotton Weary was the killer, and on the stage, Sydney and Cotton battle it out. Oh, oh that's fun. And, and this is motivation leaks, revenge? Is that why? I believe so. Yeah. But there's four killers. Well, I, they didn't say anything about four in the commentary. Okay. Okay. But that was one version of the script had Cotton Weary being one of the killers. And then they said in the original version that was leaked, the killers were Hallie and Derek, and they were having an affair. Wow. And I like that so much less. It depends on the execution. Because I don't like it being the boyfriend again. I, I read um, that there were four killers in one version. And it was, I, I can't remember the name. It sounds like there were four versions. 
I think they were a lot one where it's ones. Cotton, one where it's Hallie and Derek, one where there's four killers, and then the one that we saw. Yeah, these are the only versions that Wes Craven and the other people on the commentary talked about. So there, I haven't heard Kevin Williamson talk about it. I'm so glad we remembered that. I know. <laughs> so I didn't have to like edit it out from earlier. Especially because <laughs> that's the part that I was like so excited for. What? That was like yesterday when we started this? <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't four killers at once, but you are correct. One of them was Derek, Hallie, Cottonweary, and Mrs. Loomis. Um, oh, those are like the four different options. Well, I guess five, because also Mickey. Yeah, yeah, but I think um, uh, Mickey was added in. But it says, um, revealing the identity of the killers and a large... Um, here we go here. By which point, Williamson already had 42 pages of the plot developed, which involved four different killers. So maybe it was those four. Well, they might not have been four at the same time. It could have been like we've narrowed it down to four options. Because they shot, they started shooting without a final script, a finished script. It was leaked and the internet is full, revealing the identity of the killers. So it it was leaked and there were more than one killer. So maybe it was I know Hallie and Derek were the ones that were leaked. That was in the leaked draft. So here we... So uh, Randy's character and Joel were written, like rewritten dramatically. But there's a quote in uh, 2017. Williamson claimed that the leaked script was a dummy draft that was crafted specifically to avoid leaked details. But was it? (laughs) Probably not. Um, They were worried the killer's identity would be leaked. So we wrote several endings, three in all, if memory serves. And when actors and potential crew members asked to read the script, we would send the script with a dummy ending. There was even a fake ending where Dewey was the killer. They existed as a decoy and nothing more extreme measures, but we really wanted to keep the killer's identity a secret. I like, I hope that they were just dummy drafts. A, because like Jessica said, you were like, oh, I like that so much less. So it's like, hopefully it means (laughs) that he got to tell the story he wanted to tell. And it's also so sad to have to rewrite it because somebody's. Or it's helpful if it's like a better rewrite. Yeah, Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, everything happens for a reason. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It was so fun chatting. (laughs) Yay. Bye.